you need a great opener like somehow we're adults do do we could record like, that like right some now some kind of like we could record that right oh, now everybody be quiet somehow we're adults <laughs> <laughs> all right let's Bro. see where do i begin so <laughs> where do you begin <laughs> so how you been man i've been uh different i would say a lot different a lot more growth um so can we start by talking about how you uh you've been listening to david goggins or re- you'd read his book right <clears throat> yeah i read his book but the thing is like even in the military i would often uh you i would see like clips of him and stuff and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh i know every everybody dude, does. every dude but stay hard <laughs> but then i never like paid attention to it as much because uh in the military um you had a lot of heart go-getters there and then when i'd be doing like uh the three mile runs for the pft it'd always be the officers all the officers are like super fit i mean all they have to do is just work out but like when i'm kid like what's it called i had a a full bird we're running a three mile this dude's like 50 something what's a full bird it's a let's say a colonel yeah like a higher ranking individual oh yeah this okay. is an officer okay. so you have like uh captain then the next rank this guy was a full bird which was he, you better put some respect on his name right <laughs> <clears throat> this guy was running and he he surprised us he was like oh i'm gonna go run a pft with you guys just out of the blue and we're all like you better outrun him and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm i used to be fast but i wasn't that fast so we we're we we're running and he would always be like on my tail Mm-hmm. But then once we hit like this hill, he beat me. <laughs> but he didn't beat me by a lot. He beat me by like twenty seconds, which is still a lot, like distance yeah. coverage wise. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that dude was fast. But How old is this guy? You said like fifty something. Fifty something. Oh wow. yeah. Wow. So so the guy running mm-hmm. that go full David Goggins style in your mind then? At first, um, David Goggins. I started listening more about david goggins when uh when did that come up i'm trying to remember when it happened i think it was either you mentioned it or somebody would send me a clip and i would just sort of like let me see what this guy's about right and then his motivation stuff it was just pain he just wanted to go through pain and i'm like it's crazy he's fighting demons or something and then after reading the book i just kind of like you know what i want to read a book let me just try and read this book so I started reading the uh, the first uh, couple pages about his childhood and his dad beating him. Mm-hmm. That's the the book Can't Hurt Me, right? His first yeah. book. Yeah. So then I was like, uh, now my 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 dad didn't have like a skating rink and stuff like that. But <laughs> no, it was just like, man, I kind of remember. It was like uh, constant work, juggling like your whole. Uh, you'd be working, but then go to school, and people really wouldn't know about that. So it was kind of like hidden mental scars. Mm-hmm. And I think for the longest time, I, I haven't even told people, like, when I was in elementary school, like, in court, mm-hmm. people didn't know I was a roofer, like, during the summer and stuff. I just didn't think it was uh, something I could brag about. Mm-hmm. And then it was also kind of like, it was Cork Elementary, you know, predominantly a white school. Like We had, like, what, one black teacher? Oh, man, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was predominantly hispanic and white yeah mm-hmm. and like even the hispanic kids would be like you know every, everything was all status about what you wore and stuff maybe not much in elementary school yeah but it was more in middle school that's just school in general <laughs> yeah but then uh what's it called uh 
I started embracing like the roofer thing. Like, I guess it, during high school, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm working, whatever." Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of see like the how do I say it? The Me- the Mexicans or the Hispanics now who wouldn't really brag about like like now they're wearing like the boots and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you weren't doing that in high school or mm-hmm. anything, and. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, for me, um, I read uh, David Goggins' Can't Hurt Me. And um, that was right when I was, like, in the midst of, like, losing weight and shit like that. So, mm-hmm. it definitely helped me with that. You know, there's uh, like there's certain concepts in that book that are really cool. Like, I, I, like, if you're somebody who's, like, starting from, like, I hate my life, that's a great place to start. Because, um... Like, I wasn't in that same spot where I hated my life, but I was, like, on that journey, you know what I mean, of, like, self-improvement and shit. And it was kind of cool to just to see his perspective. Like, like nowadays, he's worth millions and millions of dollars from how many books he sold. Oh. And he's still out there destroying his knees, running. And he does, um, I think it's called, like, fire jumping or something like that. Yeah, he does like, that voluntarily. <laughs> yeah, with the, that job pays, like, 30 grand a year. It pays, like, nothing. And it's a very dangerous, but he loves crazy job, yeah. And that's the thing is like after reading David Goggins after a while he does put a lot of things about like social media and stuff which does is is a really big impact for somebody's growth nowadays because mm-hmm. everybody kind of wants to be seen and stuff mm-hmm. but he's more like you know just do the work eventually you're going to be yeah. like seen from your efforts and like anybody can say like oh I'm doing this oh I'm mm-hmm. doing this actually do it yeah. like show results people want to see results there's unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that are their main focus is being popular on social media and their second focus is their life oh yeah and i'm not gonna lie i was kind of on the verge of that before Mm -hmm. like i was like focusing more like for the likes and views i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. lie about that it's hard not to yeah it felt like you felt accepted and stuff but then at the same time like when i'd come home to an empty house i was like yeah what what good is that anyways right so like seeing that reading through the book i haven't finished it yet i'm like a few pages until i'm done Mm -hmm. but uh like it showed me like like now my runs like i used to and i know some people still do this like the Mm -hmm. whole like running thing i know they run stop like stop the time Mm -hmm. and then take a break and then run again no i never did that i know some people do that because i used to do that so i was like Mm -hmm. oh like i want my mile to be faster and like posted and stuff like that but then now it's like i'm gonna walk oh no i'm just gonna walk yeah if i ever do there is times where where i have done runs where like i stop but i don't stop the timer i'll Mm -hmm. I'll keep walking too because the app that i use is strava and i just got that (laughs) i love that that's the best running app um but like if you stop walking or stop moving it'll stop automatically on strava i didn't know that because i have a I'm on a running journey now. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to say it's because of the David Goggins thing. Because it's like you reach a point of where like you are, you're literally running not to prove anybody. Like you're not proving mm-hmm. anything to anybody. You're just proving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'd be on my running journey. And, I, and when I was like stopping the time, I'm like, you know, I'm still slow at the time. Mm-hmm. But then now it was like, I think I was running around the uh, the park near my house. And I was just like, "What? Well, why am I trying to sprint? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a walk. Like, this yeah. is at my own pace. Like, mm-hmm. ain't nobody here running with me. Like, I'm just going to keep moving. And next thing you know, I was running for an hour straight. And I was like, God dang, I didn't know I was running for an hour. 
There were two times where I ran for an hour straight. It was like five miles and something. And that was me like actually running. The other times it was like two miles was like 45 minutes. They're like, mm-hmm. what were you doing for 45 minutes? I'm like, I was walking. Just chilling, bro. Yeah. That was just, just movement, dude. I mean, to be fair, though, your job of like doing roofing is pretty like pretty fucking intense of a manual labor job you know what i mean it's not like you're getting there and you're fully charged it's not like people who work a desk job who like get off their desk job and they're like oh i can go you know crush it at the gym you know what i mean yeah but like for the longest time i've been doing roofing for so long that like i felt like it was just routine for me so even if i was working in the summer heat and my body's just completely drained i'm talking about like body cramps all over the moment i get home i'm like i want to go to the gym because i thought i felt really recharged but it really sucks when you're trying to like i guess uh plan out your workouts and seeing like oh i'm gonna try to hit this mm-hmm. like wait the next time but it never comes because your body's fatigued yeah and i was just like oh i'm just weak i gotta eat more i never no. really paid attention to the whole rest part yeah the recovery yeah it's not that you're you're overtrained; it's that you're under recovered i saw a video that said that today oh for sure Man. Yeah, especially with the lack of sleep, too, because you don't sleep much either, do you? No, I'm averaging, like, four, I would say four hours of sleep. Fuck, man. But I could never. A five is the most, but it's like, it's, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's a very healthy thing. <laughs> no, it's not. Most it's, doctors would agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, like, it's kind of a, like, for instance, I'll wake up at, like, 5 a.m. panicking, not, like, panicking, like, it's like when you wake up and your alarm Mm. And you think you're late, mm-hmm. and you know you have that small panic, like, "Oh shoot, I gotta, yeah, yeah. I gotta I get gotta, the fuck up." Yeah. yeah, so I would get that all the time, and I'm like, "What? Why am I rushing to get dressed now?" And it was like, "Okay, something's bad." Now it doesn't help that uh, for roofing parts, for a roofing job, in, for instance, me and my brother drive. I think the last time we weren't working with my dad anymore, but now we kind of paired back up, mm-hmm. and. That's kind of more of a, I guess, you know, we kind of buried the hatchet. Mm-hmm. We got back together with it. And then now I feel like it's been a dramatic improvement with the whole, like, journeys I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I got to drive. And it sucks sometimes, especially when you come home at, like, midnight or, like, 11.30 p.m. Because I go to school at Kaiser. By the time I get home, it's, like... 11 10 11 20 but i haven't eaten since noon mm-hmm. and i know it's bad to eat right before you go to sleep yeah. it's like i haven't eaten i'm hungry so yeah i well, I, i'm notorious about doing the same thing not not to the same level you do it but eating right before i go to bed because mm-hmm. as soon as i get home from jujitsu i'm like I, if i eat before i go to jujitsu i'm just gonna fucking throw up or i'm gonna yeah. feel sick the entire time and then when i get home so so i go on an empty stomach and then when i get home i'm like fuck i just burned Mm -hmm. you know a thousand calories i need to smash a shit ton of food right now and then i go to bed sick you know yeah it's not good it doesn't help like i'm not saying i have the most supportive uh i wouldn't say i have the most supportive dad (laughs) it's more of like because he again he's like uh different priorities different pro yeah so his thing is more like oh it's on me like it's always going to be like that it's never going to change and i've Mm -hmm. kind of accepted it so now it's like for instance Monday and Tuesday, I go to school. Um, so I'm up at 5 a.m., come home at, like, 5 a.m. Uh, by the time it's, like, noon now, I kind of leave. How long does it take you to get to a job site? 
It depends. Sometimes an hour. Sometimes two hours, depending. Do you normally get there when it's still dark? Uh, now with the time change, it's it's bright, but it used to be still dark. Mm -hmm. And like, what's it called? Uh, I'll leave a little bit early, so sometimes I'll take like my own personal vehicle, like my car or my truck, Mm -hmm. and then drive home. But the moment I drive home, I have to immediately change to go to school. And then it's like you're on go mode all the time. And I mean, there are sometimes I'll get like a 30 minute break. Mm-hmm. So what do I do with that 30 minutes? I'm like, I'm trying to catch up on sleep. So <laughs> sometimes I'll nap, but sometimes it's like, oh, I got to go walk my dog. There's some chores I have to do around the house because, hey, your house, your household is a job itself. You got to take yeah. care of that stuff, too. So, yeah. so you, you're, you are time poor. You are very like low on time oh yeah and so what, what do you what do you think you could do to like help yourself with that is it is it work less is it do less or do you feel like you have to maintain the pace that you're at I, to I'm, be happy i think now i'm maintaining the pace but i think i have to work just a little bit more for maybe like one or two months like as soon as i get that roofing license i'm good like i can stay um at home making calls marketing myself or not myself but the business but Mm -hmm. while i'm doing that i can also market the dumpster business and since i'll be in like a little home office and stuff i'll pour Mm -hmm. myself a drink and probably like work on that stuff and yes it's a lot i know it's a lot but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's like i know it's doable but i do have to reach out for help and stuff so um at the moment right now i think i'm at a good pace but i do need to get that uh roofing license and the only way i can do it is on my sundays so it's my only day off what is it what are you going to school for a business business mm-hmm. and i've learned a lot so uh they give you like different perspectives and like i have a teacher that would that taught me marketing um so it was more like are you mark like a lot of people for instance in plant city and i'm only saying it because it's plant city mm-hmm. there is a lot of competition when with certain industries like uh concrete there's barbers there is freaking um landscaping i've seen some roofing as well um there's really just small things Mm -hmm. but i feel like it'd be very beneficial because i know they're in the same boat i am if they were to just like i wouldn't say like merge businesses but kind of just like get together with people that are in the same interest as you they can go a long way and eventually mm-hmm. they'll be like, because when you're doing like when you have a business and you want to reach out more, you have to market. And then when you market yourself or market your business, you have to make sales. So that's a salesman right there. So you have to find out quotes and prices from all around your area, mm-hmm. not just in your area, out of your area in case you have to go drive far. And then you have to do the pricing. So it's kind of like your own accountant. How, how much is this job? How far do you have to drive? Are you including your transportation fee, your time? And that's just three jobs right there. And then it's like, you got to be your own boss. You It takes time. So, like, somebody really needs to, like, as much as you want to, like, do everything, like, as much as I want to be on a roof. You have to delegate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there comes a point where I know there's going to be a point where I'm no longer going to be on a roof. Like, I'm going to have to be in an office because you can't do everything. But uh, as of now, I'm on a good pace. How do you how do you how do you feel when you go work out now? Because you said that your job has almost gotten like you're you're just kind of used to it and it's kind of regular for you. So how does it feel when you go work out? Because you're often there very late. 
and you're also trying to lift super super heavy has it changed how you want to work out um i wouldn't say yes yes and no um right now i'm kind of eating a little bit cleaner now so just like i think it's rice and ground turkey like that's my meals monday through friday Mm -hmm. i mean the first few days it tastes great but then the rice gets stale and turkey gets dry 100 percent. i'm speaking from yep i I have a i had turkey for dinner today it was you have to just make it as apple yeah as pleasable yeah a lot of hot sauce yeah a lot of hot, hot sauce, sauce. Yeah, hot sauce i used tapatio yeah, on mine yeah right. I, I was uh the valentina you always extra, do man that's extra, never gonna change extra spice of valentina and uh no i get that that's that's definitely something i work on too yeah and it's hard but um i know once i get this roofing license i should have like some type of break is that a loud ass plane dude that's a plane God damn. sounds like it right <laughs> Or a helicopter. Oh, it's a helicopter. Oh. Sorry, everybody listening. If you could hear that in the background, me and Juan couldn't. You could, I couldn't hear him right there for a second. Yeah, but it's like now it's a uh, thing. Now it's like at a good point because communication is a big part. And the family I came from, they I wouldn't say they were very good at communicating. Like said, every kid in their childhood trauma ever. <laughs> yeah, like for instance, my dad, my dad and his family, and even my mom and her family. Whenever. Uh, for instance, uh, somebody got mad at each other. Instead of talking things out, they would hold grudges and just not speak to each other. And just act like it never happened? Exactly. But, oh, yeah. And then they would go, like, <laughs> months, weeks. <laughs> Heck, Sorry. I'm not, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the iron, ironic nature of my relationship with my wife. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that. And they would, like, not talk to each other. And I think there was a time, like, last week, me and my dad went at it. Mm-hmm. And... He was just, well, like, just angry, blah, blah, blah. I wouldn't speak, whatever. And I kind of realized, all right, like, I have to look out for my younger siblings. So when they see that, I'm like, oh, dad's mad. He won't talk to me. I'm like, yeah, he, he's like that. But you kind of have to force that communication. So I'll tell my dad, like, now I'll be like, hey, uh, for instance, we got I got mad at him last week in the morning. So, um, and he got really mad at me. So I kind of was just like, Hey, uh, my bad. Anything I said to you in the morning, I, I just had a bad morning. So just take that, you take that L. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, that's how it's going to be though, because different generation, they're never going to freaking apologize. They're not going to bend the knee or whatever. Yeah. You're, you're doing, you're doing more harm to yourself by harboring that resentment. Oh yeah. And this is never going to change. So I've I knew that. And now I'm kind of being like, well, it's a, it's like, what is it, the bigger man? Stuff like yeah. that. I'm like, you know, yeah. you can still, in my mind, I'm like, you look, you can be childish all you want. Yeah. I want to get work done. So we got to communicate. Um, and after that, you know, work was awesome, but it's just awkward because the things we said to each other. Is was, that, is that like an ego thing though for guys? I, I think, I, cause I think like, it's an ego thing. I think it's an older generation thing too. Cause like, you know, I grew up in this in the way where it's like it's okay for me to be wrong and it's okay for me to like be pissed off at somebody it be like but i also grew up bro we gotta silence that thing my fault my fault <laughs> no you're good bro it's business you're, it's business no no we talk about it's all the hoes hitting you up don't lie to me no it's not <laughs> it's friday night talking it's, about. it's the group chat i'm lonely no i'm just kidding <laughs> but um no the <laughs> but no it's like this this whole thing of like uh they can't be wrong and there's this macho like thing that comes with being a guy and like um 
I don't know. I've just I I grew up where it's like there's nothing the goods that good that comes about that. That's just gonna give you a heart attack earlier on in life. And so like like what you said, like I've learned to do that similarly with my dad. It's just like, you know, I I, I can never expect them to apologize, even if they were in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I just gotta just get over it and deal with it myself, and you know, just be the bigger man, like you're saying. Exactly, and you know that that's what kind of brought me back to the whole Plant City businesses because there's a lot of people that are first gen and second generation Mexican Americans, or just anybody in general that mm-hmm. had like a machismo like or macho type of father figure, mm-hmm. and then they started their own business that they aren't willing to ask for help because they think like oh i got it i got to figure it out and i'm like no like, yep. if you need every dude will die that way too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the painful way to die because yeah. when i was like running when i'm running the freaking uh so the bartending business was supposed to be a hobby but i feel like i've been i've been getting so busy with the dumpster business because i have roofing contractors that want the uh the trailer so now i have to wake up early to go drop that off and then immediately go to roofing and then go to school and then from school um come home extremely late sometimes my mom's nice enough to save me a plate (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes you know i that's kind of why you would see me like post at applebee's like super late at night Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying i'm i'm a regular but (laughs) when i get to applebee's they already like know my drink so i just sit down and they just already give me a tequila and pineapple i'm like dang (laughs) like like do you need to see the menu i'm like no chilies dog (laughs) like do you need to see the menu i'm like no it's a chicken tender and fries type of night bro (laughs) something like that yeah i feel that but uh no it's just got like really busy that i hardly even have time to do the bartending thing and with the bartending, it's a, it was it started out as a hobby, and it really was like all I wanted to do was just like get people drunk, <laughs> like that's all I wanted to do. Is like here, that's taste this, tastes like juice, you know, type bro, of stuff, right? Like kind of like when you made the drink that tasted similar to this, <laughs> yeah. and next you know I'm like seeing triple, <laughs> yeah, shit. But it's like I I hardly have time for that anymore, and it sucks now because my family knows that like oh he's a bartender he can make a drink. Well, hey, can you make us this? So now you're doing it for free to family and friends. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for family. And the way my family is, is like, again, they're very prideful. Mm-hmm. So, like, they don't take consideration of, like, for instance, I had an aunt who, uh, I literally just got there. I made the drinks and stuff, or the little dispenser, because I wasn't going to be at my own freaking parents' house. Making, Working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Individual people's drinks. Yeah. So I remember I wanted to go say hi to my, one of my aunts, and she was like, oh, hey, make us a drink. And she just, like, threw cups at me. And I was like, you know, I've been great, too, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I've been good. You know? <laughs> No, they just throw drinks at me, like, make us drinks. So they're kind of like that. So I'm not saying I'm around family a lot. But I just kind of choose to be busy now. Yeah. So they're like, oh, why don't you come and make drinks? I'm like, oh, I got schoolwork. Yeah. But I'm like at home sleeping or something. <laughs> Dude, I stay so busy anymore between between this, uh, the podcast, between hunting and between jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And like now I'm like, I'm finding it hard to have time to lift weights. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get time for that. And also like reading. Yeah. I'm like, I'm literally like trying to like put my phone away more like I bear, I'm, i've limited how much instagram use i have too now 
Uh, like I actually have a timer set on that'll go off if I spend too much time on Instagram so that I can try and read more. And, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's like to do everything that I want to do. I either have to like sleep less yeah, or like give other things up. And I just refuse to like give everything up that I want to do. So here I am just trying to make it all happen and, you know, doing podcasts on a Friday night, you know, yeah. and gotta be up probably at 5 a.m. tomorrow too so it's whatever (laughs) this is what it is yeah me too (laughs) yeah it's so worth it though oh yeah the the thing for me and uh, you know i'll I'll let you speak on this too but like i know if i died tomorrow like i was happy you know what i mean like i'm getting everything done that i wanted to get done and and living a life that i'm like excited about you know yeah i wake up even though like my job like my life is extremely stressful and i wake up in a panic and stuff like that (laughs) but i love it i love it for some reason i love it because i know there's nobody else out there that's kind of doing the same thing i'm doing Mm -hmm. because like man why do you put yourself in these types of situations you know one i like to complain about it but i also (laughs) i just love it like i just love it (laughs) bro it's like for instance like um like, I'll have some friends that'll be like, oh, what are you doing? Like, you want to smoke? I'm like, nah, I got homework to do. They were like, nah, come on. I'm like, no, I, I really got homework to do. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, Bro, <laughs> not to talk shit on people, but like, at, at the age that we are, because you're what, 26? I'm 27. 27. Oh my God, that's so much different. But <laughs> no, I'm the, old. <laughs> <laughs> you've been out of high school for 10 years, bro. But um, <laughs> the. Uh, that, like like I've noticed at this age too is like you can tell that like how many of your friends have jobs that they hate and then they just spend all their time outside of work like trying to forget the job that they work. And you know I what I mean? Just don't get it. Yeah, they just always they they never have anything to do after work. Like every day is a surprise on what they're doing after work. And I'm like, bro, when I planned this podcast with you, <laughs> it was a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> a month ago i'm glad you texted me today in the morning I about it. I <laughs> glad like, I did too. it was weird because i'm like man i feel like i had something to do today yeah my brother was like what'd you have to do today i'm like i don't know it just feels weird yeah <laughs> and then you text me like yeah. hey we still on today that's yeah. what it was yeah yeah because yeah. i bought the bottle of tequila yeah. last week i had to look at the messages and stuff like yes it was today <laughs> bro do you not you don't keep a calendar i have one now but yeah. it's like again like um uh, I think the whole like uh, planning out just started. I think recently, mm-hmm. like when I was more serious about it. So like, uh, because planning stuff actually does get you ahead. Like mm-hmm. you're preparing yourself already for like the next event, bro. And like I've actually have a journal. I wouldn't say like I write on it every day. Mm-hmm. Like you know when they say like when you were in high school or middle school, they're like, oh, write a journal. And you're like. <sighs> shut up (laughs) but now i'm like okay like i do gotta sit down and kind of write what i have to do and i also write down my workout so i'll write out like my current weight Mm -hmm. and then i'll have like small goals like i think right now i'm like two oh curl 20 pounds that's what your goal is something (laughs) like that curl 20 pounds (laughs) no but it's like uh reach 200 then 195 then 190 like five five pound in um intervals Boom. all the way down to like i think i want to get to 185 yeah and uh bro we need we need to schedule out a, a fucking half marathon because i've never ran one before and we talked about it at one point doing doing a full full marathon or half marathon i want to do a full but i want to do a half first oh yeah i want to run a i think there's a half going on um uh, 
there's one in the Everglades, and when I started looking into like the Strava app, they'll show you mm. like the events coming up. I didn't know but, that. And I'm not sure if it's the Strava one. I think there is in the Strava one, but you also could look on again with the whole running journey. I want to run a marathon next year. And when I was looking into it, I guess you have to qualify for certain marathons. Yeah. Like the Boston Marathon, right. you have to run like three hours and 11 minutes to... It, to it's depending upon your age, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, man, like, I, the more I see it, I'm like, there's... I think about it, I'm like, it's just running. Like, that's it. <laughs> but... It's how long and, <laughs> and how much can your body withstand it? Oh, for sure. You, well, do you know why it's called a marathon? Uh, I was told because there was a guy in, like, Greek mm-hmm. who ran from like he ran 26.2 miles, and he died. miles to <laughs> deliver a message and, and then died. died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so now to make fun of him, we it's called yeah, a marathon. Like, oh, look, yeah. all of us can do it and live yeah. the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's like a fucking competition. Now there's ultra marathons, just like a big middle finger up to that guy. But, um, no, I, I, I really want to because, like. I think a full marathon is probably one of the things on my bucket list. Just to say I've done it. Mm-hmm. Like, get the little sticker, put it on my car. It's just like a fucking big dick in a locker room energy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at, I'm better than everybody. You know yeah. <laughs> like, but, when I go running in Lakeland at Lake Hollinsworth, bro. I see some serious runners there. Oh, dude, yeah. Runners' oh, yeah. physiques, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Like, I remember the one of the first times I was there. I'm like, I think I got there at like 7 a.m. Did we ever run out there together? No. Oh, I ran. I used to run there a lot. Like I remember, I would see some hardcore runners there. I'm talking about with like the foreign shorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this guy having his ass out and running? Bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking fifty degrees out here, dude. Are you not cold, <laughs> bro? And they they all run in the cold cause with I guess, no shirts like, on too. Yeah, bro. I'm like, my gosh, I didn't know about nipple nipple chafing. That's a thing. And I'm like, oh, that shit. I'm probably 100%. gonna. I'm probably gonna get that when I start running. <laughs> mine, mine are always poking out, bro. <laughs> so it's like it's naturally cold in every room or something. But man, that's yeah. That stuff gets tough. But. I don't get how people don't have goals though. Like as far as like uh, a lot of people my age, like like I have a lot of friends that are this way too, and they're still my friends. But it's like they're they're just like I don't know. There's no no passion, and I'm like, how do you not like? Like, I get so excited to, like, get off of work and go pursue my passions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, to to work on a podcast that might never be something, but it gives me fulfillment. You know what I mean? I don't say that. You're, it's already something. My, you, you get what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yeah. like, like, it might not ever be, like, Joe Rogan level. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. It just gives me excitement to know that I'm working towards potentially making it 1% better or 1% worse. Like, it's, it, it is 100%... Um, you know, like it's like a live and die by my own sword kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. that's machismo, machismo to me. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, like I get to control how good or bad it turns out. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, you already you already invested heavily in this. Like you have the mics, sick ass mics, sick ass table that you built yourself. The table could be better. It could all be better. You know what I mean? I I grew up with this mentality from my dad where it's like you know I could I could be ninety nine percent of the way there and he'd only talk to me about the one percent I didn't do or something. You know? So like I always have this mentality of like oh it could be better. I could have bought nicer headphones. Could have got a better microphone stands. You know? Just better table, better lighting. It's funny because we in a way we kind of grew up. So similar mm. and like we kind of have like different answers and like viewpoints on certain things so like my dad would be he's still the same way like if i had a podcast i'd be like he'd be like oh it could be better and all this my favorite thing <laughs> to say now is like well where's yours 
And he's like, oh, damn. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So how are you yeah. going to tell me what to do if you haven't even started it? So that comes down to the roofing. So one time he was like, oh, like, you guys didn't charge right. I would have charged differently. And I was just like, well, well where are your jobs at? <laughs> oh, you didn't get one. Hmm. But I did. Like, I'm out here trying. Like I don't know, bro. I've, I've not uh, not had to experience parenting kids before, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I feel like yeah. I'm parenting my parents right now. Bro. <laughs> bro. I'm, I'm totally down. We, we should plan. We should plan for, like, the first half of next year to run a half marathon and then the second half to sign up for a full marathon. And we don't have to actually sign up for an actual marathon. We should just put it on the calendar and start hitting runs. Oh, yeah. Like, um. I think uh, what everybody starts out with like a 5K, like at least try a 5K. Bro, I started out with a half mile. What you talking? About? I started out with <laughs> running three minutes straight. Let's talk about that. Oh man, I remember like the whole running thing. When I started, it was more like again, it was like the David Goggins thing. I'm like, oh, let me see if I can. Let, let me try and be a badass. You no, know? Let me go fuck, stop playing with me. Don't. You, there's people who might not know, but when you fucking played soccer, don't lie to me about this running shit. You run 17 miles in one night. Don't fuck around. Oh yeah, but that's different. Okay, <laughs> this yeah. is 200 plus pounds. Me now trying yeah. to run, and it's it's extremely hard when you, especially when you have a, like a lot of when you weigh a lot more and you're not mm-hmm. like I think when I was in high school, it was like 160 or one. 70 of course i could run forever there you built like a soccer player back then yeah yeah now you built like a rugby player yeah and it's totally <laughs> different so <laughs> so i think uh when did i start uh i think it was like four weeks ago it was like one of the heaviest i've been i tried running and for some reason my knees were just killing me mm-hmm. and then i was like well why are my knees killing me and i remember like my i had like knee pain for like i kind of still have knee pain but it's going away but I weighed myself, and I think it was like two. I think it was like two, two fourteen, two eighteen, which is the heaviest I've been since I've gotten out of the military. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's probably why I'm not even used to running at this weight, and it shit sucked. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm trying to like eat healthier, I did lose all the way down. I think I'm at like two o. I think two o four, two o two now. Mm-hmm. But what, are you trying to play footsies with me or something? We can do whatever, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, um, yeah, so I was running at like 245 when I was weighing that much. I was running like 250, 245 when I, when I was coming down from 285. And um, no, shit still sucks, man. It's not, it's not easy. Everything just hurts. The first, the first mile is the hardest one for me to get through. It's also the easiest one for me. Easiest one because it's like, oh, I just started. Yeah. but uh, mentally i would say it's the easiest one but your body's also like fucking stop 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 and then you're like your feet start hurting your ankles start hurting your knees start hurting your shins and then next thing you know your body's just like okay i guess we're getting fucking abused today so there are some things i do that i haven't posted yet but i kind of wanted to so it's kind of me like complaining throughout my workouts and then at the end of the work i'm like oh that wasn't so bad <laughs> so i have one video saved where it's like oh we're about to warm up with half a half a mile and i'm complaining the whole way through well oh, wasn't that bad i'm like okay time to run like one mile without stopping oh that sucked more than a warm-up <laughs> and then like all right one more and i'm like i don't want to run anymore yeah and then bro. after the three miles my goal is to get to three miles sometimes and then just call it a day but it's funny seeing like me complain 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 even more and then at the end like 
wow that was great <laughs> can't wait to do it tomorrow <laughs> dude i i would uh my mentality i would that that was the thing i got from david goggins is like the mentality of like when i was running because i get more amped up when i run mm-hmm. i don't know what it is like i i guess it's the runner's high i guess you would say but yeah i never felt good about it i always just like i'll be like two miles in and I'll be running at a walking pace because I'll be like so like destroyed or mm-hmm. something like that if if I haven't been running in a while, which I haven't been running in a long time now. But um, but no, so I'd be like two miles in and I'd be like, don't fucking stop, pussy. Like and I just like the mental. Yeah. It's like who's gonna carry the boats? Like I just go straight <laughs> yeah. there and just like fucking like I'm like there's a lot of people sitting on their fucking couches right now eating fucking Cheetos and I'm like fucking getting after it and, and I'm like che- no nobody else knows this nobody knows I'm running right now besides my wife mm-hmm. and I'm like and I'm fucking I'm I'm bettering myself better than most of America right now most mm-hmm. of the world right now wouldn't be doing what I'm doing oh for sure and that whole like I think David Goggins when reading the book he talked about like that voice that says like all negative doubts and stuff mm-hmm. so I remember running and I'd be like man my knees hurt I'm out of breath I'm tired I need water I'm like ah oh, two miles like let's go home like no <laughs> bro the internal chatter dude yeah and then you have like the other voice saying like <laughs> quitter you know, like <laughs> I ain't a quitter <laughs> yeah keep bro. running yeah so, and you yeah. always feel good afterwards about being done that's oh, yeah. my that's my thing is I always got done running and I'm like I can fucking hang my hat on today that I fucking did it. Yeah, and that's kind of why I go to the gym like extremely late at night sometimes. Like it's again like I'm not saying the gym is yeah it's great for you overall, mm-hmm. but a lot of times when I would have like a lot of stuff to do throughout my day, I would always go to like the gym to kind of get away from all my responsibilities, and you know I'd still feel great after. But then the next day, it'd be like, man, I shouldn't have went to the gym. I should have slept more. I should have done my homework, or I should have done this, or I should have prepared for this. Like, now all these things that I put aside are all catching up to me. Mm -hmm. And that's all because I went to the gym. So now it's kind of, I'm getting better at that. And it feels kind of weird now because now my gym, I go to the gym like maybe one or two times a week sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if like I plan out my schedule like pretty great, I can probably go three to four times a week but for the most part it's like one or two Mm. and it kills me sometimes because i'm like man why am i at work why am i at school (laughs) yeah why am i driving here bro i'm trying to get you to jujitsu too i'm trying to get you signed up for that i'm trying to i'm like hey juan let's tack another thing onto your busy ass schedule (laughs) let me figure my life out (laughs) (laughs) no bro here's your new addiction that's the bad part about jujitsu is it becomes a new addiction no i bet like and i actually i've been thinking about like starting some type of fight because bro you'll slim down so quick oh yeah because like i'm pretty sure when you're doing jujitsu you're not really thinking about you're competing with somebody else you're just trying to figure yourself out how far you can go Kind of not 100 percent competing. You're competing. <laughs> you try to beat. I try to make this motherfucker die. <laughs> what no, you talking it's, about? It's kind of like, like oh, it's me versus me right now. No, this dude's trying to fuck me up. I'm trying to fuck him up. Talking it's about. Kind of, it's kind of like me and running though. Like me and running, it took me a while to kind of like fully accept it. Mm-hmm. So when I'm running now, it's like I'm at my own pace. Yeah. And I have some people like that would message me like, oh, like I run faster than you. I'm like, okay, motherfucker. <laughs> All right, you want to see fast? <laughs> like, yeah, but do you do it after working on a roof for fucking 14 hours? There was one. I did it after a soccer game, and that freaking killed me. You so, went running after a soccer game? Yeah, and that killed me. That's Bro. when I kind of messed up my knee. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. 
your body's uh, like, we can't take this anymore. Yeah. But it was like the whole David Goggins part, like, yeah, quit, you pussy. I'm like, no, my knee was literally hurting, but I kept pushing through. I mean, David Goggins is great to an extent, too, because, I mean, have you seen the fucking, his knee stuff that they've done, too? Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, too, you know, that catches up with your body. But, um, and, you know, here, let me talk about the other sport that fucks your body up, too, is jiu-jitsu. So, like. Oh, I believe it. Oh, it's fucking terrible for your body. But, like, what I like about the difference between running and jiu-jitsu and why I have stopped running is because, A, they're both terrible for your joints. But with jiu-jitsu, I've noticed when you're doing jiu-jitsu, you can't think about anything else. Your brain is so focused on what's in front of you. But with running, I could running was almost like a like a thought enhancer. Like if I if I like that's where I came I came up with a name for this podcast of being somehow we're adults. I came up with that while I was running. Like if there's something if there's a problem that I need to think through, going for a walk or a run allows me to like think more about it. But at jujitsu no fuck no dude there's no. no i'm not worried about what i'm having for dinner i'm focused on not dying and being <laughs> the one who is imposing death on someone else you yeah. know what i mean no but it's true that running it came to a point where you know at first i would run with like music on and stuff and yeah it's great until the song changes and then you know your whole rhythm and running changes too mm-hmm. so what really got me was whole like meditation so like now i'll listen to like meditation music and running and what that does is, like, the first couple minutes, yeah, you can hear the birds chirping or waters mm-hmm. waving. No, fuck that, right? Later on, you'll hear, like, your own thoughts. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And then you're, like, kind of telling yourself, well, I'm just trying to slim down. I'm like, but for what? So it's kind of like you're having a conversation with yourself. And then that's kind of how I get my runner's high. Mm-hmm. So my runner's high, once I hit that mark... I already know I'm probably going to be running for more than 30 minutes, just mm-hmm. nonstop. The most I've done was like an hour, but I want to push it to like uh, probably two hours because I know if I can, once I, I guess, slim down a little bit more and I run for two hours straight, that should be like a good, uh, what, half marathon? Maybe if I can get to 13 miles. Yeah, it's probably about six miles, mm-hmm. six miles an hour. Yeah, know? and I'm already at five something. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, let me just work on my miles. And I even go to the Bryant track mm-hmm. to kind of like. Uh, just get you used to doing laps. Pace my laps too. So like mm-hmm. the goal is to get like a minute, a minute and 30 uh, each lap to get like under six. Do I ever get it to a minute 30? No, no. Maybe the first one, but then like the second one, like my body's tired. So, like, if I can average, I think I can average two minutes each lap. Mm-hmm. So, the eight-minute mile, I'm like, okay. And I already start calculating it in my head, like, eight minutes, 24 minutes, three mile, mm-hmm. you know, 48 minutes. Uh, never going to get like that because my <laughs> body gets tired by, like, the next couple miles. But Yeah. Bro, it's uh, running is definitely something. It's definitely a sport for, for a reason, but... Um, since i switched to jiu-jitsu it's like cardio wise like i feel like running an hour took a lot of energy in my mind Mm -hmm. in my mind to do it's probably the same amount of energy to actually do jiu-jitsu one thing i noticed was that um you know like in jiu-jitsu like 30 minutes to an hour goes by like that like it's super quick but it also jiu-jitsu fully exhausts my body like like to me um when i'm running it's mainly my legs that get exhausted and then like besides that your cardiovascular system so you're just tired right 
but like in jujitsu, like bro, your shoulders, you're like the little tiny fiber muscles that like connect your muscles together, like the little tiny ones you never think about. Uh, my my experience with jujitsu when I started was like everything, every muscle you didn't know existed hurts. <laughs> For somebody who like lifted weights for like three years before I started jujitsu and and was so used to lifting weights, I was like, "Where the fuck is this hurting in my back right now? This is insane! What like my neck pops now? It's crazy. It's the best." But I think uh, for like this whole change of like running and stuff, that all changed because of that ayahuasca thing I've done before. Before we get into the ayahuasca journey, can we shout out the the barbershop real quick? Where do you get your haircut at, one? Uh, Fadeaway Barbershop. And where is that at? Plant City. At 1705 James L. Redmond Parkway. Well, all I know is... Right. I memorized it because I, I'm memorized? the one who makes the videos. <laughs> this is like the fourth time we've shouted them out. Um, <laughs> shout out to Apex at Fadeaway Barbershop. He cuts both of our hair, but all yeah. the barbers are there. Great. Yeah, shout out to my baby girl, the one that never texts me back. You know, it's okay. You know, he, don't, he don't text me back. You talking about Adrian? Yep. <laughs> oh, bro, how funny was that fucking clip I posted? Where it's like, you know him as Apex, we know him as Adrian. We're not the same, bro. That was the best yeah, exactly. caption ever, dude. Because, like, so many people don't know that, this name. But shout out to that barbershop. It's the best barbershop in Plant City. It's where I get my haircut. Juan gets his haircut. Yeah. How long have you been getting your haircut by him? And. Oh. I've been getting cut by Adrian since he was cutting at his mom's house. Bro, same, dude. His mom made him eat tacos once for breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> like, forever. He's, I was like, like, I went and got tacos, which, by the way, Adrian, I think we should add this in the experience. Just saying, if you're listening to this, uh, we need your mom to make tacos for everybody and then the haircut. Upcharge for it. I don't give a shit. It's worth it. But uh, but thanks for providing the tequila for Juan and I to drink while we talk about this. Yep. Thank you. God damn. Let's see how much I have left. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give me another drink. I wanted to shout out the podcast before I did that, so or shout out the uh, the the barbershop because mm. I love that place. It's super nice barbershop too because you like. There's been other barbershops I've been to, um, and I don't know, man. They just they seem like they actually give a shit. I mean, I know Adrian does. It's just it's a nice place, you know. It's a newer barbershop, and uh, where they've been around like two years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just do a good job. All the barbers there. I've not seen one haircut they fucked up. And if they ever find somebody whose haircut that they don't like, they fix it. It's good stuff. So, shout out Fadeaway Barbershop, Plant City, 1705 James L. Redmond Park. Check them out. Yeah, they're all good. I it's, got my haircut for, I think, most of them already. Not just an advertisement. Juan and I really get our haircut there. Mm-hmm. How much are you pouring in? I don't know, bro. I was just going to go for it. I'm trying to... I feel like aqua, cause, so everyone that's wondering what we're drinking, this green juice, this is a uh, uh, cucumber, I'll shout out them too, why not? Cucumber, lime, <laughs> agua frescas um, from Taco Madre in Plant City. Uh, great place, one of my favorite Mexican food. So, okay, everyone knows my <laughs> wife is Mexican, right? So, like, I get all the Mexican food I want, but birria is not something they make a lot. So, like, this place specializes in birria, and so I, uh, uh, birria. Sorry, sorry. I have to say it like I'm white. Say, say it like I'm white. But, um, but but no, they they make the best cucumber lime agua fresca. And I was like, I knew Juan was coming over for tequila, and I was like, what would be a good mixer? And I was like, let's fucking get some agua frescas in this. All right, this is good. I can't even taste the tequila at all, bro. This shit's fucking fuego. Mm. It is so good. It. I feel like it's refreshing. It is. I don't know. It, it, it reminds me of that the the one that you made um, at that uh, baby shower we were at. 
You know what's crazy about that? I've mixed, uh, I've changed the ingredients to make that so many times. Really? Because I think the first time I would make it, I didn't know. I knew how much to make, but I think I overthought it. So then it was like, oh, like, am I putting too much lime juice? Am I putting too much cucumber juice? As I'm stumbling back for another one. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're too worried about the ratios, and I'm like, I'm fucked up. Yeah, but now I kind of got it to a point where it's like I can make it extremely fast. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't have to, like, because I used to, like, hand squeeze every, I mean, I still kind of do. But I used to, like, hand squeeze it to, like, a certain, like, I think 12 ounce and then like pour that in and then it was kind of like eyeballing the sugar mm. and to, and then taste trying it to make it and then tasting it and like ah oh, it needs more sugar it needs more you've got it down to fucking yeah we had no like the back of your hand yeah kind of no bro can i tell you a tip that i saw and this is one of the, the hacks that i saw on instagram that fucking makes a huge difference i don't know if it works with limes i know they do it with lemons but um, it was a chef who said, here's like four things that you should be using the microwave for that actual chefs use the microwave for. And one of the things he did was, I think he microwaved a, lime, a lemon or a lime for like 10 or 20 seconds. I'd have to Google it. But basically, he and then he put two bowls. He's like, here's one that has not been microwaved. Here's the one we microwave. And way more juice came out of the one that was microwaved Meaning because it that. loosens all of the juice particle things you know up. you want to know something crazy about microwaves what so i was watching the joe rogan podcast with i think it was uh tyson the the science dude right neil degrassi tyson yeah i fucking hate that guy i love that guy, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> why do you hate him because i've listened to him on joe rogan and he's a dick why <laughs> he's i don't know why he is he just is bro <laughs> if you listen to it because i don't know man like he's i don't know he's his mind is he's not an open-minded person mm. He's very much like, oh, I'm an astronomer. Aliens, why would aliens, like, I don't know. I'm so, like, 50-50 on the alien situation. And hear him talk about how he's so certain they don't exist. And I'm like, how can you be a scientist and you're, like, so sure of everything? Scientists are just people who are, this is like, oh, this is our best evidence. It's like, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's hiding stuff. He's definitely, maybe, it's very possible. But he's got it, it. to me, he's got an ego, and I don't. Oh. That's what I don't like. I mean, don't most people that are that smart have one though? I don't know. My favorite really smart people are the ones who act like they aren't smart, like Joe Rogan, who's really smart but acts like he's fucking dumb, or like <laughs> a lot of the scientists he have on, where it's like this is the best we know now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like that. But the he humbleness. Was, he was talking about microwaves and like, oh, well, all microwaves are is just uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, basically friction it's like the water molecules they just kind of speed up because mm-hmm. that's what heats up your food so that's why it's great with like what ramen noodles even though the ramen noodle packet says don't microwave but we all do it anyway 100 we all do it <laughs> <laughs> but like he was talking about that so i'm guessing when the chefs put the lemon or the lemons in that's kind of what it does it vibrates so, the molecules yeah so it loosens up the little they're like in little like sacks almost mm-hmm. inside the, the lime or lemon and it loosens it up and makes it more uh, like softer to squeeze yeah so you get more juice out i haven't done that yet but i probably should because my hands hurt <laughs> from sque- bro <laughs> you don't have one of the little things that squeezes it for you yeah i have that too oh, okay like, yeah. but when you have to like squeeze so many it's like yeah you get tired oh yeah 
Like yeah. your hand starts to cramp up, and then you have to go bartend. It's like ah, <laughs> like what's wrong? I'm like nothing. <laughs> Here, squeeze, just just squeeze this for me. <laughs> you said double shot, right? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> like here you go. <laughs> so uh, another thing that we you started to talk about earlier before I interrupted you was uh, your ayahuasca journey. So my first question is, what prompted you to try ayahuasca? Okay, so. Ah, let me get comfortable here because it's story time. The microphone moves. Don't forget that. Don't forget that, that clip I made I where I pushed the microphone in your face and then Adrian <laughs> fucked with it. Come on, now. We don't need another clip like that. So um, <laughs> I had a friend that was like asking me to try it out for because she kind of told me like, oh, I can see you're kind of going through something. Like you want to try this out. You know, it's you don't have to do it if you don't want to. And I'm like, well, what is it? She's like, well, it's ayahuasca. And I was like. Uh, you know, when somebody tells you, I have to research it. So I'm researching it. I'm like, I really don't know what this is. Like, and she was like, no, like, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. So I was like, oh, okay. And for two years, I kept pushing it aside. And then one day, um, it was like a Saturday. I was like, yeah, I'm down to do it. Like, fuck it. I'm gonna go do it. And she was like. You didn't plan for it? You just went and did it? Yeah. Because. Exactly. And the thing that's crazy was I didn't know there's like some type of um, because it's a ceremony thing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know there was some type of, uh, I would say, uh, prerequisites before you do it. Like there are some people that say like, oh, don't do any drugs for like this amount of time. No sex for like this amount of time. Don't eat. Yeah, it's like a lot into it. And I didn't know that. So. You had done um, a bunch of drugs and a bunch of sex right before it? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're saying? On? No. Sorry. I'm sorry. But it's like more. So like, there's like that, you're trying to cleanse your body, right? Right. And then when you go do this, you'll get like a better experience. But to me, I was like, uh, they sent me like all this stuff. I'm, like, I don't, I'm just here to kind of try this out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's about. And they told me what to bring. So they told me to bring like a, a towel, a change of clothes and that was it but i brought my truck and i didn't know i had a tent in the back of my truck so once i got to the the site i didn't know i was in like native american grounds which was the crazy part because when i'm driving you know you see the pavement roads and stuff next thing you know i make a turn and it's like dirt road and i'm like what the heck again i'm like i'm not even thinking about all this stuff i pull up there they tell me to park in the back i park in the back you see uh the basic tents like at the farmers markets or anything like those four poles and Mm -hmm. stuff and they're all like yeah if you have a tent you can put one there i'm like oh okay so i bring my tent out there are you talking like the canopy tents like it's like four poles but like you would it's like when you walk under it's not like a tent tent yeah it was like that then i mean i'm not gonna lie i was thinking about like native american tents that you saw like in cartoon drawings (laughs) right but no it was like a teepee (laughs) yeah basically so i didn't see any of that so i was like okay whatever and i remember being guided she was like oh yeah there's like the porter potties there if you have to use it um everybody was kind of in a circle right and they're like yeah we're gonna start but when they do that they take away your phone so they're like you give them your phone you give them uh any personal belonging well it's just basically your phone right Mm -hmm. so and you're probably your truck keys too yeah yeah, so no, I, I imagine if you're you take ayahuasca and you go drive around the dually, no, that no, would no, not no. be good. That would not be good. <laughs> so, so I remember I took it. Um, 
I remember everybody got well, there like pretty late. Start, start, start. Like I want to hear more. I want more details. So like you get there, it's a circle. You set up the tent. Okay, so it was still kind of like daylight. It was about to be sun, sun, uh, sunfall. And I remember like asking questions. Like, and again, I, I don't even think I knew anybody's name still to this point. Only the one person that invited me. And I remember. Had they done it before, by the way? Yeah. Okay, they had done. Yeah. So there was like some people I was asking like. Uh, was this is this your first time trying like oh no mine was yesterday and there were some people that were like looking for this event for like for years like one gentleman was asking me like yeah i've been planning this for five years man yeah when you said you'd done it spur of the moment i was like don't most people plan to do this yeah yeah and i just kind of like fuck it (laughs) so (laughs) so everything else i remember going there and the lady was asking like have you done any drugs and i was like um mm, like like I've only done like you know like marijuana, and she was like, "Oh, she was like, oh, <laughs> that's it." <laughs> I was like, yeah, like that's all I do, like because mm-hmm. I was I was at a bad like that was kind of my getaway from like my busy life. And she was like, "Oh, okay, like when was the last time you did it?" And I was like, uh, "Probably uh, last night." And she was like, "Probably." <laughs> she was like, "Probably last night." And she was like, "Oh, okay, like." You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And again, I was like, all right, I don't know what to expect, right? Because the only thing I have to relate with, like, something, like, under the influence was just that. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. It was just that and alcohol, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking, uh, like, people that were about to be, like, in my tent, they say, like, oh, that's your tent buddy or something. Basically meaning, like, they just people that come, they just need somewhere to lay under a tent. And the guy asked me, was like, hey, make sure... You stare at the stars. And I didn't know what he meant by that. I'm like, and this is when you start thinking about like the whole hippie thing. It's like, why are these people dressing like loose clothing and stuff like that? And I saw that. I'm like, man, these people are like dressed super like in loose clothing, like white pants or white uh, light fabric uh, pants or something like that. And I'm like, okay. Like you start seeing it all around you. I'm like, I feel like I'm surrounded by a bunch of hippies. <laughs> <laughs> But I was like, oh, okay, there there has to be a reason because of it. But that's because of the journey, like, they go through. And it kind of makes sense now. Now, And this guy came, like, super prepared, like, sleeping bag, freaking fan, like, everything. And I'm like, man, I, I just brought a freaking towel. <laughs> like, that's all I brought. But he was like, oh, like, he, he was nice enough to give me, like, something, like, under to, like, some type of, like, mat under. And be like, yeah, I have an extra one. Just use it here's an extra blanket and i'm like oh great and for my pillow i just use like i guess my clothes that i brought mm-hmm. and i remember uh you know this it's about to get dark and everybody was there they're all kind of like um talking about like their their journey yesterday and stuff but i was new there so i didn't know what to expect and i was asking had you not listened to any stories of people doing it at that point I did, but it wasn't very uh, descriptive, or it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't. I didn't see anything very descriptive. So you didn't really know what you were getting into. No, I wasn't at Oof. all. So oof, because I've heard some really descriptive stories, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure I know what's coming. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so I get there, and then the this is the crazy part. The shaman comes out, and the shaman was an actual. Uh, he was from. He was an actual native, like, I, 
he was legit. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. He was legit. Like came in with the hat, right? But it wasn't like oh, like the freaking like feather hat you kind of see or on cartoons and stuff. No, this guy was like real, but he talked very, I would say, earthy. So it was very like the people, like kind of like I can't really. It's been so long, I can't quite remember it. But he was more. How long like, has it been since you've done it? Um, it was a couple months, right? Yeah, it was a couple months ago. Yeah. But um, the way he spoke, he spoke very, like, kind of like the Native Americans you see on the cartoons and stuff. Like, how they, like, I wouldn't say they're very, it's slow talking. It's very, like. Um, like choppy. It's very choppy. Yeah. And it's crazy because the choppy part, like, it kind of, like, messes I wouldn't say it messes with you, but it's kind of like. You hang on every word. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed. <laughs> But I remember he was talking about, like, uh, one of the first things he opened up was the Oppenheimer movie. He was like, oh, they say he was the smartest man, like, smarter than Einstein. And we're like, yeah, and like, do you think it was smart to create, like, some type of, like, uh, a type of bomb that can kill millions of people? And I was like, oh, damn, I didn't see it that way. <laughs> but I was like, oh, damn, that's pretty true. And then. He talks about, like, you know, we see it, to Growing up in school, like, yeah, we took away their land and stuff like that, whatever. But he was actually talking about, like, this used to be all ours. And I was like, damn, like, shit. <laughs> and I'm right in there. And I'm like, damn, like, this is what I learned in school. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't say anything about it. And then he said, like, if this is your first time, like, come up here and take the drink. Hold on to your, like like a little shot glass so it was like probably like this big like a little shot glass right mm-hmm. and you know he was like who hasn't who's first time here so i went there and i took it like a tequila shot <laughs> like it, it tasted very uh i guess like rooty mm-hmm. because well, it's made from roots right yeah, yeah. root and like kind of like dirt like super dark coffee too yeah and i, took I heard it. it's disgusting it it's very disgusting <laughs> I, and it's not one of those things where like people want to party with like no. it's like oh like it's it's meant to be done like as a ceremony yeah, yeah it's a ceremonial thing and i remember taking it and he he would say like um if you got to throw up go throw up at like um this hole over there so they had like uh like a hole like three holes or something and you throw up there and it was to take away the bad spirits that which is traditional which you didn't know i'm assuming when you showed up i i knew like he he told us everything like if you throw up the bad spirits um and it's like throwing up your demons basically and bro it took me a while to get there and i remember uh um again this was the whole cleansing part like getting your body like super cleansed but i wasn't really aware with that because when you think of yourself like oh you're gonna throw up or shit yourself in front of people like what do you try to do it's like (laughs) you hold on to that shit until you do it in (laughs) private right so i remember i took it and he said you know your phone's taken away your keys taken away at this point and it's dark now and i remember i took it and I went to my tent to lay down and stare at the stars at what were you, the person. Were you like high at that point, or were you just chilling? I was just chilling, and this is when I mean, like, it's not something I would recommend to somebody that thinks it's like, oh, it's fun to do. Like, this is more of like it's a spiritual thing, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a spiritual thing, and 
I remember laying there, and it felt forever, like, because I could hear people, like, start yakking immediately, like, yak, and I'm thinking, like, I'm excited, like, oh, I'm next, (laughs) (laughs) never came, like, never came to me at that instance, so I'm just standing there, I remember, like, laying down, I'm like, I ain't feeling shit, like, nothing, so I stand up, and he said, like, there was a fire there and he says fire creates so just stare at the fire and just think like about yourself and i'm just like okay so i sit down stare at the fire nothing i mean i gotta go use the restroom walk to the porter potty come back i'm I'm looking around everybody at the tent right like in the circle and i see some people like yakking some people like you say yakking you mean like vomiting yeah 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 and some people like walking over there to throw up their demons and stuff and i'm just like i I really don't feel anything it's that mexican blood son they ain't ready for me (laughs) yeah so i go back to laying down staring at the stars nothing i'm like man well you know and at this point I, i go back to the fire and i'm just thinking about my my life at this point i'm like why am i here what made me just decide this so last minute to try something i've never done before and probably some most of my friends never done before and i'm just there staring at the fire thinking about my life and it's like this was probably one of the first times i actually like thought like what am i doing with my life and i'm not saying oh it's because i took that no i was legitimately <laughs> i'm like here i am like if you think about it i was like here i am taking this drink from a guy in a from a shaman who i've first met like before sitting here in a circle with a bunch of like people i've never met before except that one person that invited me and i'm just sitting there i'm like because they divide boys and girls up too mm-hmm. so i'm just there i'm like nothing and i remember looking at the fire and then all of a sudden my whole world just goes boom. and I'm, I'm like oh boy and i got excited i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so, so i'm like oh it's happening it's happening and the first thing that come to mind was like i gotta stare at the stars so, I'm gonna go <laughs> so, so i quickly like go to my mat and i'm like laying down looking at the stars and i'm like oh and then all of a sudden like the stars were so bright because they weren't as bright before because it was like very cloudy you know like mm-hmm. i can't see stars here but this time i see all the stars and for some reason all the stars starts like connecting the dots and stuff and bro like shirt tripping balls oh yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so the next thing you know like it's like the lines are coming to me and then all of a sudden it's like boom i'm in a different world different like different anything i've never experienced this before and it's kind of like taking me back to like past lives so i remember it's like a it felt like a dream i'm like i'm awake and let's see what was the man i wish i had you had me on this podcast sooner (laughs) yeah i tried to (laughs) we're busy people what happens yeah i remember there were three oh one of the biggest one was the bombing of hiroshima and yeah yo yeah this is this is like deep so i even did the math i think it was like 54 years ago or something like that but it's saying like you go back to like your past lives or something like that and it, and he he mentioned that like you're going back supposedly you go back seven generations and jesus yeah so i remember one of them was the bombing of hiroshima 
That happened in 43 or 45 or something, something like, that. like that. It was yeah. like, I'm not sure if it was, 50, I'm not sure if it was 50 or maybe it was like, I don't know, but it was like something. It was like 70, 80 years ago. Yeah. Let's see. Here, keep talking. I'm going to Google it. But I remember, uh, like you hear noises. Like I was there and I think I was a girl, <laughs> um, and I was screaming and my parents are like under the table telling me to quickly come, come. Like come over here, and they're all under the table. My 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 mom and my dad are under the table at that point, and they're screaming at me trying to get under the table. Quick question: When you say your mom and your dad, like it's not your mom and your dad, like, like in this life now, it was yeah. your mom and your life, mom and, the, and dad of that life. Yeah, and they were like telling me to hurry up, and go get your brother. And I look back, and my brother was over here, so I'm reaching out to grab him. And when I look over, the whole room turns white because the bomb killed us. No shit. Yeah, and the next thing you know, I wake up, and guess where I'm at now? Japan. <laughs> well, so I think I'm in Japan. I don't well, Hiroshima is in Japan. Well, it was like, I wouldn't say it was like, uh, it just felt like I was uh, washed ashore, and I was kind of stumbling my way through the forest. And this was like, when samurais were there or something like that so these uh i wouldn't say they were very uh like the samurais you see on cartoons or tattoos or whatever like that it was more of like this black figure that was beating the shit out of me and he kept telling me to get up so i kept getting up because i'm guessing back then like they didn't japan didn't like foreigners very well so like i was i was just there and they're kind of telling me, like, where are you from? But I didn't know where I was from. So I was like, bro, I'm just waking up. Like, what do you yeah. expect? I don't know where I'm from. And next thing you know, uh, they kind of bring me in. They're like, he's really, he doesn't know where he's at. I really didn't. And then next thing you know, eventually we go to war. And then I die in, like, a fire. And then I wake up. And next thing you know, I'm in like, I'm not saying I was in Africa or something like that. I was like, it's so hard to remember. All I know is like, I guess I was black. Okay. But I got ran over by like some type of animals and then I died there. So it's like Jeez. all these things I'm remembering, I'm dying every single time. Do you experience multiple deaths? Yeah. But I, I think can, I think that's what I've heard of from stories too, is you experience multiple like deaths and rebirths, basically. Yeah. So I've experienced three deaths that I can actually like picture, but the other ones I can't. Like I can only go up to three. And I remember when I woke up from it, like obviously like the next day I'll talk about, to my friends about it. Um and she was like, Oh yeah, you gotta keep going to them so you can actually figure out like your whole like generations and stuff but oh, and i was like you don't do it obviously like every day or something she was like no it's like when it comes like cleanse your body so you can actually get the full experience and it's true what they say about like whole psychedelics and stuff it was it's a feeling like no other it's the what did you learn what i learned perspective that's the one of the biggest things i learned there because so the whole time I'm, I was often thinking about like my perspective in life, like, oh, like for instance, my friends don't want to hang out with me and stuff like that. Fuck my friends, blah blah blah, this and that. No, it's more like, bro, they're busy with their lives too. You can't let uh, people assume that just because they're not hanging out with you, they don't want to hang out with you. No, they're busy with their own lives. 
And then it was like, oh, why is my dad mad at me? Well, is he mad at me because it's me or is he mad because he had a bad day? Stuff like that. So I've learned like perspectives now. Like when somebody's mad, I'm like kind of hold my tongue for a little bit. I'm like, well, why is he mad? So even at work now, when people get upset, I'm like, yo, man, why are you upset? They're like, no, well, this is job and stuff. I'm like, are you upset because of the job or are you upset because something's going on at home? And yeah. kind of like that's when the whole communication thing comes in. Oh, sorry. That was a little <laughs> screechy. So, like, I learned that perspective part. Now, this is the crazy part. You take another shot when you're over there. Really? So you're already tripping balls. Yeah, but then it starts to go away because it goes in waves. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's uh, it's like wave one, two, three, four, and five. I think I went from wave one, two, straight to five. <laughs> oh, shit. And then, like, once it started dying down, it's like, you can snap out of it. If I wanted to go to the restroom, I can go to the restroom, walk fine, come right back. But then I remember the shaman was like, if you want to take a second one, just come to the line. I went to the line. I was like, oh. Juan's like, shot, shot, I was shot, like, shot. I was like, I don't know what I saw. I want to try this shit again. <laughs> took that. And uh, he said, if you want to take a third one later on, but he has to be the one that like kind of, because it's a medical thing too. So he kind of like, he's not trying to get you fucked up. He's, he's, he's trying to make sure you don't die too. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, uh, I only went up to two. He said, like, people that are, like, really into it and, like, found themselves, they go up to three. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, okay. I only went up to two. And I remember before my second one, well, after my second one, my tent buddy, he was talking to me about his life. And he was like, yeah, man. But this, I'm not sure if this dude was uh, really into it or if he was just trying to get fucked up. Because he was, like, smoking and stuff like that. Right, like, right after the his first one, I'm like is this dude really smoking like the shaman told us like you know experience that this i think this dude was just trying to get fucked up so i was like all right and he's telling me about his life and stuff i'm like oh okay and this is kind of when i've learned like more about myself like is this why i act this way like so when you go back to your past uh generations you kind of see how you act there and it's like is this why i'm always very uh calm this why i'm always hard working like what am i trying to prove stuff like that there has to be a reason like what is my why the second one though um it was more of like i guess more of the perspective thing so i think one of the things i started like uh thinking about was like my love life and shit and it saw myself like going through like my past relationship seeing myself being an asshole which i'm not gonna lie i used to think i was in the right but i would see it from their perspective so i was like damn i didn't realize i was that much of an asshole and stuff and it was like key parts that you were in like your past relationships that like why you were fighting and stuff like that and you can remember it to where it's like oh this is why i did this but then i started seeing it from their eyes and i'm like Because, again, you're, like, seeing things from different perspectives. And then I go back in time, or not back in time, but I started seeing it from the perspective of my dad, my perspective of my mom. Like, why do they act that way? And shit was tough. So I was like, damn. 
And I kind of started to develop, like, damn, is that why my dad's an asshole and shit? And like, <laughs> he had a tough childhood. So did my mom and shit. So um, I developed that thing. Um, and I still haven't threw up at this point. Because I'm not going to lie. Like, that ayahuasca, like, little root thing, it makes it feel like you want to shit yourself sometimes. <laughs> but I had too much pride. I was clenching my ass cheeks. Like, I ain't fucking shit in here. Okay. <laughs> so, and I didn't want to throw up. So, I remember it was like, when I tell you, like, you are in pain. Like, during, like, you're not experiencing those visuals and stuff you're in extreme pain like my whole body just felt like i was in purgatory like you're looking up at at the night i'm like bro when is the sun coming out like i don't you don't have your phone you have no sense of time like time goes away and it just feels like you're there for eternity it's like this shit sucks and i'm like this is, and i remember like feeling all shitty i'm like this is something i do not recommend for people to take unless they're willing to like go through this journey and stuff and after the second one, like, after my experience, like, my visuals go away and stuff, I started seeing, like, a little bit of the the sunrise. So I was like, oh, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. But uh, what's it called? I remember seeing everybody, like, all fucked up, like, the shaman talking and shit. I'm looking around in the circle, like, damn, all these guys are fucked up. I mean, so was I, but... <laughs> <laughs> They're probably looking at you thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah but, like, some people were, like, sleeping like this and stuff, like, around the circle. And I remember he was saying, like, make sure y'all let it go. So I remember, like, being in the circle and stuff, but I was walking around, and I was like, man, I, like, feel something right here, and it does not feel good. So I was like, I'm gonna just go lay down. And when I, I couldn't even go to sleep, and I just kept thinking to myself, like, let it go, let it go, let it go. And that's when I was like, oh, shit, I got to throw up. <laughs> so <laughs> I quickly, after the sun comes up? Yeah, the sun was up. It was like, it wasn't like a, it was like a early sunrise, mm-hmm. kind of like a little red sometimes. It was about to be like, kind of like daytime. It was, it was, yeah, it wasn't dark anymore. Yeah. So I remember like quickly running to the burial site and staring down and it felt like I threw up a lot. It was just all my demons going out. Like I was like. It was all the bad past relationships, the relationship with my dad, my family, um, just unnecessary, like, just bad demons I was holding on to for a really long time. And I'm not going to lie, it was a lot of throw up. Like, I was throwing up a lot, and it was, like, all black. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like, staying there, catching my breath, and then once I, like, get up, best feeling in the world it was like you get up you start to sweat but the sweat feels so good it's like oh like the air hits you and stuff you feel so cool and i'm like that is the best feeling i've ever had and i felt so different after that because it was like i had like all that weight off my shoulders that i've held on to for so long just go away and i think uh after the thing i was extremely hungry so i went to ihop <laughs> and this is when i started drinking coffee because i've never drank coffee like you know like a cup of coffee or anything in the morning no i went to ihop and the lady was like oh what would you like and i was like can i get a can i just get coffee she's like oh sure and you know at ihop they bring you that handle and mm-hmm. stuff like you want cream and sugar on that loud just leave them on the side 
that's when I started drinking black coffee, just coffee black. Never drank coffee like that before, and the first thing I wanted to do was just drink black coffee. And it tasted so good for some reason. Yeah. So that's all I've been drinking now is just black coffee. And then, you know, I go to Starbucks now, and I'll get coffee there, like the whole freaking things I see on TikTok and stuff. <laughs> but for the most part, black coffee is what I'll drink. And Just out of nowhere. Just never drink coffee with sugar or cream on mm-hmm. a regular basis now you drink black coffee yeah well, that's a fucking jump it is a jump and that's when i was like oh i feel so calm drinking it like and yeah it was like um after that that's when i kind of started getting into david goggins so it's kind of like made myself better even more and kind of pushing myself more rather than getting back into the bad routine i used to be in so then now it's like i'm in go mode like automatically now is it perfect no there are some days i just feel like i need a break i need to do this or i get lazy and stuff do i regret that the next day of course i do but it was one of the best experiences in my life and you think you'll do it again oh hell yeah yeah I'll do it again. yeah i want to feel like shit <laughs> okay yeah. was it what was your biggest takeaway from it was just perspective wise you just felt like you're like okay i need to like realize how short life is and start enjoying my life or you think you were just grinding too much and just hating it and you wanted to start more enjoying the aspects of it it was more of like what is your reason like why are you working so much why are you doing this why are you in constant battles why are you in constant stressful situations and stuff like that like what is your purpose and that was like the main thing so they're like, oh, you can live your life and stuff. I'm like, no, like you come from the uh, the your upbringings for a reason. Like, what is it that you're trying to get out of it? And I felt like I've learned it. Um, the roofing business is like the biggest thing in my mind right now, but it's also one of the things that it's hard to get to because when you're doing the uh, hauling business. Oh, doing roofing, doing school, um, the bartending. He was like, oh, yeah, that all takes up your day Monday through Saturday. When do you have time to do the roofing license? Sundays. My day's off. (laughs) And it's like, do you want to work on your day off? A lot of people don't want to. Heck, sometimes I don't want to (laughs) work. I don't want to work on my day off, but I have to just sit there and just kind of suck it up. Because I know deep down, once I do get this license... I'll probably be in a better place. All this weight will lift off my shoulders and I can actually just sit down and kind of just like plan things out better. It's like, oh, I don't have to go work for the man anymore or Mm -hmm. work for this guy who doesn't know what it's like or work for a certain boss that doesn't know what it's like to work sunrise to sunset while he wakes up at 9 a.m. and stuff. I'm like, bro, I'm up at 5 a.m. I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. every day for the rest of my life and stuff. Right. And that's it. You know, um, I wonder, too, if, like, if when you get your roofing license, if you also finish uh, school around the same time, like, how much of your time would free up at that point? Like, it would be, like, I feel like you needed a purpose. It's like almost so much of your time right now is taken up by other things Mm -hmm. for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And then once all of those things hit, it's going to be like you have so much more free time. Oh, yeah. And I already kind of thought about what I want to do next. What's that? Coaching. Co- soccer? Dude, oh, yeah. you would be so good at it. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, 
<laughs> just uh, run bitch because <laughs> <laughs> i used to coach my sister's team but this time it'll be like oh somebody that grew up in plant city lancers who kind of did it all is kind of going back to like mentor the next generation so then i can be like oh who's whose dad's here like pick the fields or whose dad's here or parents here work in construction and all these young kids are like oh i do i'm like yeah i used to be like that too yeah <laughs> Like, oh, who has to work during the summer? You, you just want to be like a mentor. That's the on top thing. of the coach, yeah. And it's like I'm not show trying. kids that there's another way because too many, unfortunately, too many Hispanic parents, like they show you this is what I do, this is the only way, and then you want to show them that there's other ways to live life. Oh, for sure. And even most of my projects that I do in school, it's all mostly Mexican, like first, second generation Mexican Americans, and then there's actually a study. Which is like, why is it that a lot of first and second generation Mexican Americans don't pursue school? And that is because, for the men part, the ones that work with their dad and uncles, they feel like they have to make income, like immediately, um, right after high school. So a lot of them are like, oh, I'd rather make money now. And they make serious income too. So yeah, it's they, hard to deny it. Yeah, they do make good income, but it's like they'll purposely like work these extremely long hours because long hours come with it. It's like concrete, yep. roofing, landscaping, yep. yeah, all so, these back-breaking so, jobs. <laughs> so they'll work it. And sometimes, like, I know they'll go through their head like, oh, I could have done something else. But because they were so influenced, like, oh, like, you got to work immediately after. And which is weird because a lot of Mexican-Americans, men, they're not pushed into college or into studies because they're told I mean, nowadays they're told, like, oh, college is a scam and stuff like that. So it doesn't help that all, but they... For a lot of people, college is a scam, it too, is. to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be fair. But uh, they uh, they get that mindset, and they just kind of want to, you know, they just work. Like, which is nothing bad, you know. If you work, you work. That's it. But women, on the other hand, from Mexican-American origin, not any first-generation, second-generation uh, Latin-Americans, they feel like the house chores... Um, are more important than pursuing an education, which is why a lot of them run away, which I see it all the time. Like, oh, she ran away. They'll say they ran away, like, with their boyfriend and stuff. No, they just want to get out of the household because those chores, they eat them up. It's like, oh, you got to take care of the kids. Oh, you got to go cook. You got to go clean this and that. Traditional stuff, yeah. Yeah, like, well, when are they going to live their own life? Heck, even in my family right now, um, most of the women in my family... Um, right after high school, they'll just stay home. Like, yeah. Well, what do they do? They just do house chores. Yeah, they become housewives, homemakers. Like, that's if they can get a housewife. <laughs> that's yeah. if they can get married. Because my parents are extremely strict, so um, my my sisters weren't allowed to date. And it's weird because like the the son can go out and date, but the daughter usually can't. Mm-hmm. It's just weird like that. So, um, as you know, my wife has four older brothers, mm-hmm. no older sisters. She's the youngest. So, um, traditional Mexican household. And uh, she got told when she turned 15, okay, now you need to start learning to like cook, clean, and basically be a housewife. And she was like, I'm sorry, did any of my brothers have to do that? She was like, and her mom is a very... Uh, thoughtful and reflective person like she actually thinks Mm. her mom is her mom is one of the 
like one of those people that I don't I don't even know if she graduated middle school and she is one of the smartest people ever emotionally her emotional intelligence is through the roof mm-hmm. and so when Daniela was like um, did any of my brothers have to do this she was like no I guess that's kind of a good point like am I just forcing you to do this because you're a girl because that's not okay either <laughs> like none of your brothers know how to cook like the fuck am I doing so my wife never learned how to do traditional female male or female things and i feel like that's also part of the reason that we're together is because like my family um took on the responsibility of like teaching me and my brother like hey you need to know how to do everything because if you know how to do everything you don't have to rely on other people to do anything and so like i know how to do laundry i know how to cook i know how to like vacuum and sweep mop all that shit like um and i also know how to like mow the yard and do like traditional man shit you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's like um you know it it kind of is a good balance of all of those things so um i get i get the idea of it too because um you know now once we're older too we talk more about like um how the school system sucks and it's like if you were going to raise kids like wouldn't you just want to wouldn't you want your wife to stay home with the kids and like take care of them and Make sure the house is okay so that you can focus on, like, when you get home from work, you could just focus on, like, being with the kids and being present. Oh, yeah. It's a big thing because, uh, for instance, in my well, I don't have any kids and stuff. but That you know for, of, right? No, I don't have any kids. <laughs> but in my family, for instance, we are constantly busy to a point where it's like my mom chose to work. So she works um, and she gets out, like, at five or something like that. And then, obviously, me and my dad work, and my brother work, who's there to take care of the little ones. Because how many siblings do you have? Seven. I was going to joke and say 17, but I was I would be close. <laughs> no, you, you, <laughs> no, but it's like, who's there to, like, set the, uh, set the right manners to them? Like, Expectations. To sh- yeah, show them yeah. nobody's there. And if nobody's there, then... Like, who are they hanging out with? Who are their friends and stuff like that? Who are their that? influences? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing that we um, stop. We kind of started missing. And this is kind of when I kind of start uh, babysitting my parents, which I'll say, like, hey, why don't you go take them to Mosey or something? Like, why is it always Sunday and y'all just take them out to one restaurant and that's it? Like, you guys kind of have to be parents, you know? take them to sports put them in activities yeah and they're just like oh no they just don't want to like how do they not want to you guys aren't showing them the way like they don't know anything different so now every week this is kind of why you kind of started seeing me post with like my siblings and stuff it's like i'm taking them out like oh where are we going to the mall amy my one of my sisters she's like oh yeah we're going to the mall because she's at that age Lily and Poncho are just like, I don't want to go to the mall. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> I want to play on my iPad and play Roblox or whatever. <laughs> and then now it's like, no, you know, you got to teach them that. And I do want them to be athletic. So I do want to put them in some type of sport. And it's like. You become, you've become their parent. <laughs> yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of becoming that. And it's like, it shouldn't be my job. But as the older sibling you got to set that example so you're like feeling you you feel the like you feel like responsible to fill the gap that you believe your parents are leaving in their lives oh yeah 
and you know they don't see it and i tell them too all the time like look man like i wish i had their childhood like i do because i didn't have all that stuff when i was growing up at that age like i had to be on a roof at like age 10 because my dad didn't know how to translate (laughs) english to the customers so 10 year old me is going there um picking up nails and stuff passing shingles to my dad on a hot roof over the summers and stuff and poncho is just in his room playing on his ipad yeah like bro you could be a monster nowadays like you literally (laughs) go practice a sport be like obsessed with it you'll become a pro at like no time because kids nowadays don't even want to go play outside people don't realize too if they don't know you or didn't know you like as long as i've known you like you almost played professional soccer i wouldn't say professional didn't you get drafted like someone offered you a contract i've had a few um so what what i was thought because when i played with lancers our coach told us like oh like this is the team that's looking at you but I haven't really had, like, I've had, like, two coaches that came up to me, like, after I left. And it was, like, uh, NAIA schools, which it was still something. But then I kind of left that. And then once I went to the military, this is kind of when I got the most of my exposure. Because I think I went to Keesler Air Force Base. And then they were, uh, one of my sergeants there was like, you're a Rosales, you're Mexican, aren't you? I'm like... Yeah, he was like, you, <laughs> "You're Mexican, aren't you?" He's like, <laughs> "What?" He's like, "Do you play soccer?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Great, you're on the team." <laughs> but he he didn't mean it like that. He just yeah, kind of wanted yeah, to see yeah. me scrimmage and stuff. And he was like, "What was the last time you played?" I was like, "Well, I was in boots the whole time." So I was like, "Well, the last time I played was two years ago when I was back at home." He was like, "Were you good?" Now this is the different part. You told you said that on the podcast <laughs> yeah. before. You've told the story before. You're like, like I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. He was like, hell no. I remember I was eventually like my first day at practice. I was just schooling these people. Yeah. And then he was like, no, you fucking asshole. Yeah. I went to one game once for our high school team, and I remember watching you just making it look like fucking levels. I mean, you literally like. It it was hard to believe you guys were all playing on the same field. Like like it was always like you guys are technically supposed to be equals and you're just like the way I explained it was Juan was so fast that he oh. would kick the ball from one corner to the other corner and he would be the one who received it in the other corner from himself. Oh. It was it was like if everybody was playing in slow motion and Juan was playing in playing in fast forward. It was it was insane to watch. The one game I went to, I literally was like it was you and Zach, and you guys were just fucking... It was just literally between the two of you guys, you guys ran the entire fucking game. Yeah, it was Zach intense. Would, Zach would just long ball to me. Yeah, real pretty fine much. Me. Just like, get the ball to Juan, and Juan will do the rest. Yeah. Well, one of the uh, moments I... And Zach was an amazing defender, because he was tall as shit. And white. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I remember one of the one of the best moments... This is kind of an asshole move for me. We are playing like a sorry... Uh, I wouldn't say sorry. They weren't as good of a high school team, right? Compared to you. Yeah. yeah. We were a strawberry crest. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I had the ball, and I was, I was in like my own half, and I just had it. You hear the stands here, and like I see my sister at the corner. I'm like... 
I'm about to do this person dirty. (laughs) Person comes up to me and I'm just kind of like staring at him and he's like trying to like move left, move right. I kind of open him left, right. And he has his legs open and I'm like, oof. And here comes the nutmeg. I just go through him. You hear the stains like, ooh. (laughs) I kind of wanted to go back, just do it again. But I was like, no, I got to keep moving. But you just disrespected that man in front of his family. His family just watched him get disrespected. But then, like, even now, like, now, like, I'll play in Sunday League in Plant City, and sometimes my competitive side comes out, but it's like... Don't lie to me. Don't tell me, oh, sometimes you're just playing sometimes. around. No. Don't no, fucking sit there and lie to me, son. No, Sunday League in Dynamo is different, because everybody there is, like, it's co-ed, mm-hmm. so, like, there are some people there that are, like, really old, like, 50 years old, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I'm not gonna break this person's ankles and stuff like that, <laughs> but... Dude, you were so good. I can't believe you, like, being, like, halfway back. Oh, I'm not going to destroy this person. <laughs> yeah. It's like Michael Jordan playing in, like, a pickup game. You know what I mean? Like, it's just but in I'm, my mind. I'm getting back into it, but it's like, uh, for instance, in the Sunday League in Dynamo, I had uh, one person was talking hella, like, trash to me. And it was, like, almost really disrespectful, but I was just like, yo, man, like, well, why are you acting that way it's just wreck like you're like no you guys suck blah blah this and that and i was just like again it's just wreck i'm like and i took that personally (laughs) (laughs) that was later on (laughs) so what i did was like he was like oh my nine-year-old plays better than you and i'm like bite your tongue Juan. bite your tongue <laughs> and i think what what he uh what he said um he was like yeah i run for, like one of the other persons on the team i don't know why they were talking so much trash there was like three guys talking trash so um i think what happened he was just like like yeah whatever blah, blah. He, i just had enough of it and i was like all right i'm gonna get the ball and i'm gonna school you really dirty and then i'm gonna just give you the ball because you need the help. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I had the ball. He was like, yeah, what are you going to do? I did him so dirty. He was like looking the other way. I'm like, bro, ball's over here. And he's like looking back. And I was already the other way. And he was like, I was like, man, this is too easy. Here, Here's the ball. Like, this is this is it for me. And he gets the ball. He's like, yeah, I got the ball. I took the ball away. He scored. <laughs> <laughs> Score. I score a goal on him, and he's just, and I just like, uh, no, no need to thank me, no need to thank me. Quiet, just completely quiet. Shut him the fuck up. Oh yeah, and then after I was like, you know what, I need a sub because I know myself, I'm gonna get extremely angry because it's co-ed. I don't want them to be like, every everybody on my team is really respectful, so I'm not gonna be like the asshole on the field. Yes, they want to win and stuff, but at this point I was you're like, you're disrespecting them. <laughs> I'm disrespecting. Them. Because there's, like, a rule, like, if you're up by three, only women can score, or you can only score by a header or something like that. Yeah. But when the when the score is pretty high up there, it's like, just take me out. Like, yeah. just put me Shoot. back in when the game's close. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man, that's funny. I, I just remember, because didn't, didn't Ivan, not your brother Ivan, but there was another Ivan you played uh, soccer with. Didn't he go professional? He played a uh, college because um, you got scouted at the same time as him because you got you two were like the best on the team at, from what i remember no it was uh omar played in, omar sorry not ivan yeah omar played in germany as a pro and ivan played at unf which is still a good school did, did when the same people was looking at him looking at you too 
It's all different. It's because, like, I kind of... Oh, excuse me. I stopped playing at, like, uh, like competitive soccer at around, I would say, late junior year. I could just cold turkey, just stop. What was the reason? Parents. <laughs> so, you had to work? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just that. I was just a, I was a bad kid at, at the same time, too. So it was more of, like... It all built up on me. I was like, why do I have to constantly, like, live this way when they all live this way and stuff? So I kind of felt like I have to fight for myself. So I took a I took a risk, and they're like, oh, we pay for your soccer, which is true. I didn't have money and shit like that. So I stopped playing. And from there, um, did that affect me mentally? It kind of did. It was like, oh, like, the sport I used to love so much, and I kind of put it away. And then I, I think one day my sister had like, oh yeah, I was just bored some days. And my sister, I'd be like, hey, let's go practice. I'm going to teach you some few moves and stuff. And she was like, oh, okay. So I was teaching her how to like open up, how to create space and small, small things. And she had a tournament and she was like the best player they ever seen there. And they were like, oh, who the heck, how'd you learn all this stuff? She's like, my brother taught me. He's like can he teach us and then junior and senior year i started coaching a girls team and i actually learned more about coaching than i did playing because when i was playing like i could only see it in my own way mm -hmm. when i was coaching it was more like like i knew my players strengths and weaknesses it felt great especially when it yeah. came to free kicks do you think do you think that if you hadn't stopped playing soccer in high school you would have pursued it further because oh. you were really fucking good oh for sure but i didn't like i see all my friends do you regret that do i regret that I, I assume not because you wouldn't you you've lived the life you live now up to this point but do, do you do you think about it a lot like when you did your ayahuasca thing like was that something where you're like well i wonder what, what my life would have turned out as it, had i pursued that oh for sure I, i'm pretty sure i would have went pro like i'm driven as it is now but if I were and you were really good back then. And if I were to, like, stick with it, like, it all depends. If I had, like, bad friends, if I were to go to the professional route or something, like, maybe it wouldn't have turned out as great as I thought I would. Um, but I was also a very competitive person. So it's like, where's the best player on the team? Like, who's the best dribbler? Who's the best or the fastest, whatever you name it? I want to, like keep challenging the sky until i become as fast or better mm -hmm. and that was my thing so um it was always crazy when like i'd be practicing at like lancers and stuff they're like one mm -hmm. omar y'all guys are gonna face each other like oh, all right bitch <laughs> like, <laughs> me and you one more time yeah y'all were like neck at neck i remember seeing like the two of you guys it was it was very apparent it was like a, a comp competition to see who was better that day it was very it's always still is and like now it's kind of different because when i face them like in sunday league and stuff i'm like eh, it's like they're not at their best so i kind of feel like yeah whatever yeah. Do, you, do you play them now not really mm. like they they have like uh we played them before but my team is really good too, so we beat them every time. And this is kind of when like the whole shit talking comes. Oh, but they'll talk shit like, "Oh, we're gonna beat you, blah blah." blah. <laughs> and this is me like, "Look, man, we're already gonna win." I'm not saying it to talk shit. <laughs> I'm just saying we're gonna win tomorrow. 
and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which is a dumb form of shit talking. <laughs> so it's a more confident form. So then the next day we face them and they're all like, oh yeah, we're gonna beat you guys. I'm like, look, man, just I'm I'm just say good game. Like good game. <laughs> the game hasn't even started yet. <laughs> game is over. It's like two one or one zero or whatever. Um we faced them in the finals and stuff. Um and we won on like penalties and stuff. And I, when I tell you, it was like shaking hands at the end. They're all like, eh, whatever. I'm like, yeah, they're all pissed I'll just off. be like, like, look, man, I already told you. Like, we were going to win regardless. <laughs> like, there's no need to fight it. Just yeah. accept it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do want to get back to that uh, mentality wise before I go back to coaching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just so I can like make sure like the kids I mentor or coach. Like, if they can chase that feeling I used to have, well, I'm pretty sure. I want, like, I want to make sure, like, all the people I mentor um, either go to college or into the correct path, even if mm-hmm. they don't go into, like, the um, the collegiate or professional route. I could be like, hey, look, man, I went through the military. Mm-hmm. Like, you can still have a pretty badass life that way. Or, hey, you want to go to construction? Hey, I do that, too. Yeah. Think ahead. Is there, like, one thing you want them to do more than anything because just to speak on my own perspective um living the life i live now it's like like with with the podcast like i I use that to parallel other things i'm like listen like you don't need to do a podcast unless that's what you want to do what i want you to do is find your thing and just fucking go for it find a thing that like you could do for free for 10 plus years because that's the thing you're going to be so happy about doing. Because, like, that's my thought. So, like, for you, what is it you get fulfillment out of with helping those people? What do I get for fulfillment? It's crazy. Like, is it seeing them pursue something that makes them happy because you didn't necessarily get to do that because of, of the way you were grown? Oh, for sure. It's like, even, like, for instance, like, when... I had to stop. Some of my teammates, they went to the collegiate row. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I kind of saw it. Um, so, for instance, uh, our coach didn't let us play high school. So there was one year in high school I didn't get to play. I think it was my sophomore year. So he made it seem like, oh, if you play high school, you're off the team. So for me, it's like, look, man, if I start coaching, I'll be like, look, you play high school, you guys have fun. Tell me what days, tell me when you guys are playing, I'll be there. So it's like that support factor. And then it's like, but when we get back to practice, balls to the walls, you guys are going to be fucking training because I want you guys to be better. And then I started seeing like how Plant City Lancers. uh, That was the name of your soccer team for people that don't know. I know, but I guess I should probably say that. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So Plant Plant City Lancers, Lancers, um, that youth uh, sports in the plant city area for kids that want to play soccer it's all voluntary so most of the parents they're all volunteering to coach and stuff mm-hmm. like that but when you look at like bigger clubs like tampa bay united who has like the funding and the sponsors to do whatever they have a great woman or gr- great girls uh, program and i think boys program too because they have the money to like make an academy so does clearwater uh chargers they have their own academy there too or IMG, like mm-hmm. you name it. So mm-hmm. it all comes down to funding. And when you go to Plant City Lancers, it's like... Very little funding. It's like because they, they have a mission to where it's like 
anybody can play competitive for like 575 or 95 dollars a year or something like mm-hmm. that and like what's included is like your registration fees uh i think one or two tournaments a year and like 12 games and stuff and that's just like the bare minimum mm-hmm. but then the amount of games i was playing like in my team it was like non-stop it was like I was. I remember there was one time I played like four games every weekend for like yeah this is like ninety minute games, Jesus. And I think there was one point that we played like six, bro. When I'm talking about like body cramps and <laughs> calf cramps, Fuck oh yeah, dude. Oh, you felt that, and it wasn't like oh like you can hydrate all you want. I didn't know much about hydrating, so. Pickle juice is like... There was no science when we were in high school. There was was no no athletic science. That shit came out after we graduated (laughs) high school. (laughs) So you mean I can't drink chocolate milk after a soccer game? (laughs) Game six, I had tacos last game. (laughs) And it's like knowing the information and like experiences I know now, it's like it'll benefit a lot of kids that grew up the same way I did. So it's like, oh, you want to go play for the Nationals? Or you want to go try for the Team USA and stuff? Let's go to ODP. They're like, what is it? Olympic Development Program, which is something I did. So you have your competitive, like you you have your rec league, you have your competitive league, and then you have ODP. Now, ODP is selecting the best players in the region. So I got selected there. Then it's like, oh. I'm not surprised. We're going to p- select the best teams or s- select the best players in all these regions to make a state team, the Florida State team, which I was also a part of. Mm-hmm. And no then surprise. it's like, oh, we're going to select the best players from the 12 states and the Southeastern team. Which I also was a part of. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I was there like to play because there was a lot of good players there, too. But if I were to start off my brother Pancho, because I started at the age of 10. I didn't start playing, like, with a ball at my feet like most Mexicans and stuff like that. No. It was more of, like, my mom and dad were like, you got to play a sport. You go do something. And I was like, oh. I remember playing for Lancers. I think I played, like, rec. <laughs> I played for, like, uh, two years in rec. And then my mom was like, oh, you got tryouts. I'm like, to what? <laughs> They're like, <laughs> like, a team called Lancers or something. <laughs> and I was like, um, Okay. And I remember being told later on that I was only selected on the team because I was taller than most of the other kids. (laughs) I fucking sucked, bro. I didn't know how to kick a ball for shit. I didn't know how to pass. I didn't have the confidence to play. There were, like, my first year playing uh, in competitive. I had, like, hardly any playing time. I was complete garbage, bro. Like, my mom told me, too, like, sometimes, like, are you sure you want to play this? And I'd be like, I don't don't know. I'm just kind of here, man. (laughs) Could I play baseball? (laughs) I wish I should (laughs) have. So then um, I think the next year it was more of like, uh, like, oh, if I'm not, if I don't know how to kick a ball or anything, I was always the fastest runner in like Cork Elementary and stuff. (laughs) So I was like, I can at least be fast so I can just run. So Mm -hmm. I would just practice running. So. It's kind of what, like, it's crazy now that I think about that, like, now in life, I'm like, when I'm doing my runs and stuff, I'm like, man, I used to be the fastest kid in third grade, mm-hmm. or I used to be the fastest kid in fourth grade or in fifth grade, and then, you know, you're playing soccer, and then now you're all grown up, and you're not really playing soccer as much, 
And it's like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, I just want to be fast. <laughs> so <laughs> speed. <you> go on, <laughs> speed. <laughs> so, so you just want to go on runs and stuff. And yeah. it's like, how fast can you be? And I'm like, I don't know. I want to be really fast. <laughs> 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 so then it's like man if i were to ever start coaching like i'm gonna make sure all my kids can run like a 40 yard dash like Fuck super yeah, fucking fast get them to do sprints you were the one who told me if you really want to increase your run speeds just do sprints yeah it's fucking amazing now i'm starting to do more sprints so on like my runs where it's like it's super long and stuff there's one point where i was just sprint an entire straightaway until mm. i just can't anymore yeah and then there's techniques with it so at first you're just sprinting all out right and then the next is like all right i'm gonna sprint next time but i'm gonna have my knees a little bit higher just so i can get more leverage or more distance and then it's like you got to control your breathing now when you do that for so long it's like all right once you hit deadlifts the next day it's like because you're strengthening your core with sprinting you can lift a little bit heavier or your strength doesn't like go down in weight so i feel like like i'm neutral so Hmm. sprinting is gonna go a long way so i feel i need to get back into doing sprinting my my sprinting is going doing jujitsu against dudes who are way better than me now (laughs) and i just am trying to not die (laughs) i just feel bad for my the next team i coach because you're gonna go <laughs> you got a lot of pent-up aggression that you're going to take out on them. What are we doing, Coach? Sprinting. <laughs> and then, Sprinting. like, the last... Sir, t- we have to kick a ball. Mm. Like, you got to run first. We're like, uh, 30 minutes of kicking the ball around won't hurt. <laughs> what are we doing for an hour and a half? Sprinting. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, mean, I, my, I can see you being a really good coach, though. Oh, for sure. I think about it, too. It's like, imagine showing up to the games and you hear, like, low righty Leo, just like Marie Court cadence around the field <laughs> and stuff. It's like, it's like an early morning game and I just start playing colors and stuff. <laughs> like the trumpets and stuff. <laughs> the other team's like, yo, what the fuck? Your whole team's like, does like a fucking routine before the game. <laughs> it's like, one, two, three, Mario Kart. I'm like, damn right. <laughs> Sir, this is Lancer's No, it's not. <laughs> Training like, young Marines these are eight year olds, sir. What the fuck are we doing right now? Training monsters over here. <laughs> and this is Stay like, hard. These motherfuckers carry the boats, dog. Oh, yeah. And I think about it too. Like, there's going to be one training I do where it's going to be like, all right, this is the task. Like, I'm going to tell them what to do. Like, this is the task you're going to do. And whoever does it gets a prize. They're like, oh, okay. And you guys have an hour to do it. So these people, these kids are going to be doing these obstacles and stuff, all these trainings and stuff. I'll be watching, right? Don't kill nobody. I'm not going to kill them. And I'm going to tell them this. If you guys got to take a water break, y'all take a water break. But you guys got to complete this. And the one person who just doesn't quit and, like, completes it or gets close to completing it, you're the captain of the team. (laughs) People are going to be like, he ain't even the best player. He doesn't have to be the best player. He's the most heart. He has the most heart. (laughs) And that's what it comes down to. So I remember um, a lot of people choose the best players in soccer because, or they choose the captain of the team because they're the best player. Now, when you think about that in life, hey, even when you're a businessman, you don't have to be the best person. You have to surround yourself with better people than you. There are people in my class that are a lot smarter than me. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that are like, you know, smarter. There are a lot of people stronger. You name it. Now, the only reason why I'm where I'm at now is because I surround myself with people that are better than me and I communicate that better. So if this person can communicate with like 
look, man, I get you're fast and you can beat this player. I'm going to send you the ball. Just make sure you're there and you do your job and stuff like that. So it doesn't always have to be like the best player being the captain and stuff. It has to be the person with like the most heart. The most effort. Yeah. Have you, um, do you know who Andrew Huberman is? Mm-mm. So Andrew Huberman is a big podcaster and uh, he's a neuroscientist from um, Stanford University. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I listened to him about um, on one of his podcasts was he was talking about how there was a study done between two groups of kids. The first group of kids, it was like a, some kind of competitive endeavor. I don't remember exactly what it was, but one group was like these kids after they did this testing of some type they told these kids oh my gosh you're so smart you're so intelligent you're so great and then this other group of kids they said you tried so hard you you did such a good job of of uh, putting in a lot of effort and like they basically one group said you're naturally this way and the other group they said we're proud of how much effort you put in and then they retested the whole groups. The kids who were just told they were great tried not as hard, so they didn't mm-hmm. do as well. Oh, and the sure. second group of kids who were who were rewarded verbally on their efforts did even better because they realized that more effort equals better results. Oh, for sure. So, like, I think it's the same way in life. Is it's not necessarily about the person who's the most gifted, like. Uh, notoriously like kobe kobe o'brien was like did i say that right am i just drunk kobe bryant <laughs> kobe and i said o'brien kobe oh, bryant um kobe bryant kobe like, o'neill like, like he was notorious for outworking everybody oh, for sure like he would say he was probably not the most talented individual but there was nobody outworking him same thing with uh michael jordan like it was just these people were constantly working it wasn't it wasn't about how talented they were, how much natural gift they had. They had that too, don't get me wrong. But nobody could parallel the amount of effort that they put in. Or it was just they were way beyond the other people and how much effort they put in. And oh, yeah. so I feel like that's a huge thing too. Like what you, to piggyback off what you're saying is like it's not about the kid who's the best player at the beginning. It's the person who is willing to put in the most effort. Because then it, it's easy to take somebody who is willing to put in a lot of effort and you go okay you're you're th- here's the areas where you're wasting the effort on and let's redirect that that same effort into another channel so that that way we're making the best use of all the effort you're putting in because there's such a thing as you're just working too hard you're not working smart mm-hmm. but if you can take the people who are already working hard and be like here's how you work smart that is much easier than taking somebody who just is natural and trying to make them work harder it's much easier to take somebody who's already working hard and teaching them how to do it better oh, you get yeah, what i'm saying for sure and it's like Going back to, like, the coaching and thing, I would always see that. Like, oh, like, why is this girl the best team? Or why is this or why is this girl the captain? Or why is this guy the captain? They're the best player. I'm like, okay. But then you have a player that's, like, when the team is down, right, the best player is just, like, mad at everybody. Like, oh, like, well, get the ball and stuff. And then you have one player on the team, like, all right, come on. Who man. rallies the troops. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's, let's get it together, you know. Blah, blah, this and that. And I'm like, man, like. I need to create more of those players and like i'm not i mean i used to coach but like i have like some girls that went to co- the collegiate route that i used to coach and i'm like man like 
I'm glad that I was a part of their like their early stages in coaching that they've developed that part. Now I'm not sure about the other coaches like that they met after, but I do know like if I were to since I experienced that, I know if I go back to coaching, I can probably like get it better to where mm-hmm. it's like, look, man, like maybe I'm not saying go harsh on the best player, the guy that's the most talented and stuff. I look, man, I used to be in your shoes too. Like I used to be great, but here I am coaching your bratty ass and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like the hard work thing. Cause again, I started playing when I was 10. Now you can say it was hard work and you can say it was talent. I just thought faster than most people. So mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, this, I can see like somebody's going to pass me the ball. I'm just start running. Now the player here is just kind of like on, on his heels. I'm like, Oh, he's, he isn't going to get past me. So it was just martyr. That was it. But it was crazy because, man, I sucked at age 10, bro. <laughs> I was garbage. And then, like, the year after, I think the team gave me, like, MVP, like, most improved player and shit like that. And that felt really good for me. And I was like, damn, like, all I did was just outrun everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you just out-efforted everybody. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that took a while, too, because uh, I knew all they would do is just get their running, like, at practice and stuff. But my mom didn't like the fact that I sucked at the age of 10. <laughs> so she would, like, purposely drop me off at the park and just tell me to run. And it wasn't, like, all the time. It was probably, like, one or two times a week. I practiced, like, three times a week. So she would purposely drop me off at the park and just say, run around the complex. Yeah, I remember you telling me that on the previous podcast. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Just run alone. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> so I'd run around the complex and then just come back and... All right, we're about to train. But then it wasn't just that, too. Now, I didn't think about the whole roofing thing. So when I'd go roofing over the summer, and my mom would pick me up at 4 just to drive home, change, and then go straight to soccer practice, I didn't think about that. I already put my body in, like, physical, like, I'm not saying physical pain, but I already, like, you were, did my you were workout. Empty. You were on, like, 20% battery. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I already emptied myself, but then I'm, here I am playing again. And then, you know, you're doing that for a whole summer. And then it's like, oh, school time. Finally get a break, right? Yeah, school is a break <laughs> for you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you got soccer practice. I'm in on. the AC, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, you got soccer practice today. And you go to practice. And I'm like, man, I feel like I'm faster than all you guys right now. Yeah, because you're I used to training like, on 20% battery. And now oh. you're on fucking 95% battery. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck you guys, dude. I'm turbocharged now. And that's me like now. So like, let's say, for instance, on my Sunday leagues. It's a Sunday league, so they play, like, at 5 or 7 p.m., which is later on in the day. And let's say I worked on Saturday, got home later, whatever. I eat, like, whatever. And then I, like, I get to sleep in. I'm like, oh, finally. Sleeping in is, like, waking up at <laughs> 6 a.m., 7 a.m., yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. But I still get to sleep in. And I'm like, man, I feel great. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't got to go roofing. Uh yeah, I guess I'll go work out. <laughs> but then I go work out, and then I just go right back to sleep right right after. And it's like, oh, I got a soccer game now. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm like, man, you guys are all slow. <laughs> <laughs> you have so much more energy. Oh man, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna convince you to go try jujitsu with me. It's gonna be a hundred percent a thing. Oh, I'll do it. I know you will. It's just a matter of timing, like you said. You're you're, you're like the only day I have available right now is Wednesdays. The goal is to get that roofing license. I know if I get that, um, I already have all the books. 
already have i just have to take the test and the way they do the test is you can bring all the books with you to take the test you just have to tab it and everything this mm-hmm. goes for any contractor course as well mm-hmm. um and i just got to take the test once i take that test all i really got to worry about is school that's basically it yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so like all the roofing stuff i'm gonna have my own team already with like my brother i'm uh, not so much about my my parents i'll be like mm-hmm. look man I spent my entire life <laughs> with this shit. <laughs> Me and my brother handling the money, you know, like that. That's just how it is, and it's not like we're gonna have it all because you have to give money for yourself, your brother, and money for the own business itself. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, money's there if you need it, um, but for the most part, don't go reckless, recklessly spend it, and then. Yeah, all I'm going to have to worry about is school. So if I can just find a way to be like, oh, I'm going to school from 9 to 1 a.m. or 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., that's one window. But if not, 6.30 to 10.30 p.m., it's perfectly fine with me. Bro, I'm going to get you there. I I know you'd love it. That's the problem. It's an addiction. I'm I'm like, hey, man, I do heroin. You want to try it, too? (laughs) It feels like that, but it's it's good stuff. I'm going to, off the podcast, I'm going to tell you some things that will probably change your, not not even change your mind, but just more or less, like, sink that stake a little bit deeper. I I bet you'll be there. Um, But, all right, bro. We can't drink any more tequila, because I'm trying to not get more fucked up you know one thing i do like about tequila is it burns through your system really quick oh for sure yeah so like i'm sure i'm gonna stand up and waddle out of here uh everybody drink responsibly (laughs) um that's what the aqua fresh is for it's it's like gatorade it's like mexican gatorade (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's about bro that shit hits different too um but dude with the tequila that shit was dangerous right oh yeah it was i didn't even taste tequila in that bro it's so good that was so that was probably one of the best tequila drinks that that is the closest thing i've had to the drink that you make the the cucumber lime drink that you make that shit was fucking delicious but (laughs) um shout out taco madre um delicious birria they got birria fries birria ramen they got birria tortas yeah i know that's right i saw that i enunciated <laughs> yeah, but uh close this out but one thanks for coming and doing this no no problem brother I, we're gonna see i'm gonna see you in fucking two weeks anyways we got a fucking book podcast to do oh, yeah. that'll be fun I'm, I'm actually really excited that i was able to get you and adrian to to do that because i needed i needed that extra push of like I have friends that are relying on me reading this book to talk about oh, yeah. it. You know what I mean? That's a big thing. Because I really wanted to read, but it was like if I was doing it by myself, I would like I could go a week without reading and be fine. But yeah. now it's like I've got to fucking do it. Yeah, you got to hold yourself accountable, man. Or you got to have people that can keep yourself accountable too. Yeah. That's why I think the running thing would be huge for you and I. Because it's like if I'm like, hey Juan, like I'm meeting you Saturday, and like don't fucking. Dodge me, dog. Like <laughs> I show up hungover. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> bro. I, I really think we should do that. We should plan to do a half marathon, like before June of next year. Before June of 2024, we should probably plan. Even if it's just me and you going and running laps at a place, like no, it doesn't have sure. to be an actual race. And then plan a full, legit full marathon. Oh, for sure, brother. I'm down. I'm fuck, down. fuck these knees, bro. <laughs> Anything else you want to add? Thank you for coming and tell your ayahuasca journey too, because I know that's a, a thing that some people just like to keep secret too. So that was that was cool that you explained that. Um, I'm excited for you to do it again, so I can like 
get you back on him. Hell yeah, man. I love this podcast, man. I could be myself. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. That's the point. That's the point. Is everyone everyone lives their adult life differently. That was kind of the whole point is like um when I started the podcast it was like you know, like your parents have these expectations of you in life, and you're like, "Oh, I should not leave this job because my dad says I make good money doing this, and it's a good company, and blah 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 blah." I don't know. It's just there's so many things, bro. Oh, and for sure. This is my uh, my outlet, one of my multiple outlets, but this is uh, it's my thing. So yeah, for sure, appreciate you coming on and doing this one. Yep. No problem, man. And uh, we'll talk some off of this, off there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll convince you some things. So. Yeah. All right, bro. All right, bro. Peace out, everyone. Thanks yeah. for listening. Peace out. Check out Fadeaway Barbershop. It's where Juan and I get our haircuts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Taco Madre, shout out for the best agua fresca to mix with this tequila. So, all right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. See you guys. This episode of Somehow We're Adults is over. But if you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to one of the levels of the Patreon, where we will release bonus episodes that can't be found anywhere else. Any of the money that we get from the Patreon would be used to upgrade old equipment as well as get new gear so that we can make the best podcast for you to tune into. You can also follow the podcast Instagram at Somehow We're Adults, where I share clips and content about the podcast, and the link in the bio will take you to any of the Somehow We're Adults pages. I encourage you to check out another one of the episodes if this is your first time listening, and if you're a repeat listener, thank you for your support. I love making the podcast, and I hope you tune in for future episodes of Somehow We're Adults.